Life's funny, the way it throws stuff at you. Just when you think you've got it made and everything's just hunky-dory, something happens. The garage door falls off on your car, or your boss tells you you're being transferred to Detroit, or maybe your best friend is more fond of your girlfriend than you. It happens. You kind of have to roll with it. But all around the world, kids are dealt some pretty rough cards from time to time, and they can't just roll with it. Cancer doesn't just up and go away. Serious injuries don't just heal themselves. Fortunately, when things get serious for kids, there's a Children's Miracle Network hospital waiting to help, regardless of their family's financial situation. The third annual Extra Life 24-hour video game marathon provides direct support for the Children's Miracle Network Hospital in your town. And we need your help to ensure local kids have the best care and equipment standing by just in case life throws itself in harm's way. Visit extralife.sarcasticgamer.com now, sign up, and join the RP Gamer team and make a huge difference in your community on October 16th, the third annual Extra Life video game marathon from RP Gamer and our friends at Sarcastic Gamer. Thank you for your support. kids. Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 139 for July 31st, 2010. I'm your host, Chris Rivets, here, here to bring you another week of RPG goodness. Hopefully, not too distracted with StarCraft 2. But we'll see how that goes because I have a panel of three people. Oh, wait, two people who are obsessed with the game and one person who's obsessed against it. That's Mr. Uh, Victor Belbion. Hello. <coughs> Who apparently has completely <laughs> lost his I'm, spirit. Yeah, I'm losing my voice. Obviously, you were prepared for this moment, Victor. <laughs> okay, an old grandpa Yay. is on the show. And then we have Glenn Wilson. Yay. So you're going to lose everyone when they find out half the regulars are missing and have been replaced by me and Victor. That's right. Yep. And finally, everyone's favorite, Emmanuel Marino. <laughs> Manny, how much do you weigh? disappeared. Who can't talk? <laughs> you told him to unplug his mic. Did you tell him to plug it back I in? I did tell him to plug it back in. How'd that work out? <laughs> Working Jeez, great. I had a great little intro too. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I can, I can recreate the moment. And everybody's favorite, Emmanuel Marino. And I said, "Yeah, that's right. I wake up early just for all of you guys." That's the right. He gone, does. So oh, it's never gone. <laughs> now, how much do you weigh? What does that have to do with anything? Let's get this podcast. You look so thin and unhealthy in the video. He is a healthy eighty-seven pounds. Leave him alone. You know, I won't stand for this. This is defamation. Now let's continue with the podcast. Defamation. <laughs> 87 pounds. <laughs> All right. I got some, uh, I got an email. What do I got? Is it an email? Yeah, I got an email from a user who watches the show. That's what people do. They send emails and they share with us. And I'll tell you how to do that when we're done with them. But first off, break a 666 send in this question. I was wondering what genres y'all might want to see combined with RPGs. Maybe a racing RPG or a fighting RPG. Personally, I'd like to see an action RPG in the vein of Devil May Cry or Ninja Gaiden. Uh, those almost are action RPGs at this point. <laughs> no, that, that, that's that's what they call them, isn't it? <laughs> no, they don't. They don't call Devil May Cry an action RPG yet. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's been a few of those by now at this point, right? 
well, there's been a ton of those. Well, there's uh, been four Devil May Cries. No, so I mean, but like I mean, just kind of character action RPGs. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, Alpha Protocol, uh, Mass Effect, Fallout. But that's not like really that kind of a uh, flashy. Well, Fallout, you pause while you play. I think he. Oh, you have the thing. You know, yeah. was like, let me pause the game and select what I want the game to shoot for me. <laughs> well, Batman Arkham Asylum. <laughs> there you go. Or, I don't know. Uh, to be honest, it's, it's not that much of a push. I mean, you don't really need to push Devil May Cry or God of War or Ninja Gaiden that much further before they become well, RPGs. What about Jade Empire? That was a pretty real, real-time yeah. action RPG. That was totally real-time. Yeah, really? nobody played it, though, so... Well, that that had to do with other things. I mean, it, it had just, to do with it being developed by Bioware and you guys not playing Bioware games. And being, well, yeah, and also it just got released at the, around the same time that other really really good games were being released, and nobody cared. Jade Empire uh, was I, one of the first 360 games I played because it was like the download and it was 20 bucks. Oh, I can tell you why it didn't sell. Why didn't it sell? Because it, it was about China and not was Japan. That? Oh, it didn't hit that. Uh... That J- Japanophile market. Yep. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's a real it didn't word. Have any people. in it, you know. Yeah, yeah there's no sakuras. <laughs> Sakura! <laughs> that's Bye, where Bioware went wrong. <laughs> now, if you would have put Samurais in that game, would have sold a million copies. Uh, dude, um, Iron Man Two sold a million copies. What about Yakuza? Does that count as an? A- I haven't played the series. Is that an action RPG? But I think he means like more hmm. of the character action kind of games. Do you, do you know what I mean by that? Right. So, yeah, well, well, wouldn't you, that be Darksiders then? Or is, no, wait, Darksiders is more Zelda, that. isn't it? I was going to well, say God I mean, of War was kind of like that. There was a lot yeah, of customizing out of You don't need to push that much further to make it RPG. I think he just wants someone to add experience points and just go all the way. They've done yeah. that. Well, what, what's, a, what's a good example where they have done that with actual experience points and stuff? God of War. No, they don't have actual... That's Red Orbs yeah, where you buy abilities. They have experience points. How is that different from an experience point? Oh. You it kill something, you get points, and then you get stronger. Yeah, that's you know. even Onimusha was like that. Hmm. Well, what other what other genres? How about Metal Gear Solid type games? How do, how about sneaking mission games with with RPGs? That would be Alpha Protocol, wouldn't it? Yeah, Alpha Protocol. You know, I keep hearing more and more people saying how much they liked that game. I have that as well. Right, yeah. everyone I know that played it liked it. Yeah, that's like. Four other people, but still. <laughs> okay, what about racing RPG? Yeah, that, for me, that's basically Gran Turismo. You race. Well, and you yeah, race. It's, Forza is race. a racing RPG. You race, you get money. That's your experience points. You buy upgrades. You race. Oh, you're burning. Burn Is Grand Theft Auto a racing RPG? No, that's no. a that's a that's a run like over grandma's RPG. RPG. Yeah. I, I can only insult this idea. I, I don't like racing games. <laughs> Let's just let's be honest. Cliff Bazinski was right. Not real ones. I like like Mario Kart. I all like games fake are racing RPG. games for idiots. I like Mario Golf. That was Mario an Golf RPG. Was oh, I know a character action game that's more RPG than character action. Demon Souls. Um... Yeah, but nobody wants to play that. <laughs> <laughs> you tried that, Victor? Yeah. You didn't, didn't like it? I didn't I dislike it. it. I just played it for it's like It's easier an hour. right now I... while the worlds are all white. Now's the time to play it. It has support all the way through March. It's like a deadline and when you can buy the game. And and enjoy it. Seaman Souls is awesome, says Fireman. Seaman Souls. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Goodness. All right. Demon Souls. That, yes. Uh, it's awesome. It's so awesome. What level are you on, Michael? One. 
two. We can one, count the one, lag. One, Four, two. Five. Three, one. Oh, only five second lag. All right. All right. Why are we hating on every game? I, I don't didn't know. Hate on That's Alpha a good Protocol. question. Why are we yeah. hating on every game? I, I, I just... Let me, just, let me tell you what I don't remember us hating do. on a single one of these games we brought up. But I right. said I liked Mario Kart. Yeah. Jade Empire's good. <laughs> Jade Empire's good. Uh, um, because it's I not just, StarCraft, says Michael. Every game is good because I would like to see is, like, a simulation RPG that's not Harvest Moon, but is instead good. Because I like simulation Sims? a lot. Now, that's a game he's hating on, people, if you're keeping track. Everything else, <laughs> yeah, no one's been like hating Harvest. on. But Harvest yeah. Moon, he is hating on. If Harvest like Moon Har- had, some, had more direction, I would be more okay with it if it wasn't so boring. But I get pulled into simulations easy and, like, strategy games that are like simulations, like the Civilization games. So if mm-hmm. there was something that was some sort of unholy Civilization, The Sims, RPG hybrid... I, know I don't what we know need. how that would work, but I think I would love it. I figured out what genre is really missing RPG elements, and that's the music m- rhythm action genre. No, we need Space Channel 5 with levels. Um, no. Yeah. So you level up your guitar, and then you can miss some, and you don't get a game over, and that's then you can right. beat the hardest levels? Like there you that. go. Something like that. It sounds like a sissy way to play it, like taking Guitar Hero <laughs> and making it easier for Actually, that's what RPGs are. I was thinking are, about like, the, you know? dance, the dance hero game coming out or whatever. Let's, uh... I'm not good at Castlevania, so I'll just level up and then I can beat the next boss. So you start recruiting your posse? That's how the Castlevanias have worked shoes. for the past ten years, Glenn. <laughs> exactly. I think you want to add that to Guitar Hero. Uh, no, more to the dancing games and stuff. Like, I can't keep up with all this crap on the screen. A lot of sports games have really gone into the whole fantasy aspect of management and all that stuff. Um, That's just straight-up simulation, though. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. How would you make that RPG? Um, gold coins. When you you tackle someone, you get gold coins. And they pop out of their head. Yep. Wait, what are we talking about? I missed it for a second. We're trying to make sports games more RPG-like. Oh, are you kidding me? They already are. But they're, no, they're more simulation-like now. Oh, no, they're, no, they're full-on RPGs. You, you okay, can well. run drills, and it puts up your speed, and then you're better uh, in the uh, games. The, the career oh. mode, you guys ever played a career mode where you take one character from his, like a, from college all college. the way to his NFL career? Yeah, okay. I mean, that's an RPG. You, as, you, as you play more games, you get more stats, you increase his... Yeah, yeah they're, they're already RPGs. So too. basically what it sounds like, um, RP Gamer's been struggling getting certain press contacts because we don't cover enough genres, is we need to just expand our coverage to everything because it's all an RPG. <laughs> Could. Yeah. Puzzle games, too. They've gone hardcore into the RPG thing. All right, we got this. Michael, make that so, change. All right. We, oh, and the coach games are even... I, those really are RPGs at this point. Like you, you have a select. Oh, little nobody group plays your team. the coach games. The well, not coach the coach, but all of them. They're built in. The oh, the built-in ones. I, what's that? I thought you meant like the one that was re- was released outside. Oh, of the that's normal even more cycle. hardcore. Yeah, yeah, if you want to go crazy, that. I can't think of a genre of games that has not been an RPG at some point. Yep. All right, we're covering Anything everything. Game. You're right. right. Yeah. That's that's that settles it. All right. Uh, <laughs> Next letters are all Halo Reach. <laughs> yeah, let's do Halo. Right. Our next letters are all voicemails, so let's get on with that. <clears throat> hey, it's your time, everybody. Message one. Press play now. Hey, guys, this is Snakey Pudding sneaking up on you again with another roll pudding conundrum. Uh, let's talk last story for a second. Miss Walker, fantastic company. You know, they pretty much, they put the good RPGs on the 360, 
whereas Square Enix is fiddling around with M rating. Then, you know, Final Fantasy 13 is not going to go there. But, last story being put on the Wii, published by Nintendo, all great ideas. Problem is, all the fans of Lost Odyssey and, you know, the general Mist Walker dilettantes, they think that that's a step in the wrong direction. They think that's a step down. And it's, it's a pretty popular opinion. It grows and grows. I've watched the trailers. I've seen screenshots. It looks fantastic. But the fans are just not responding to the last story being on the Wii. And I think the Wii needs a truly groundbreaking console RPG, you know? It definitely needs it in America. Let's, you know, put the lid on that. But uh, what do you guys think? Are you looking forward to the last story at all? Or do you agree with the fans? It's going to be a step in the backwards direction. I mean, I don't. But let's see what you guys think. Bye. I... You know, I don't know if the notion that the Wii needs a classic RPG is accurate. I was about to say the same thing. I was thinking, why does the Wii need a... Right, I mean, it's so counterintuitive to everything the Wii has built up to this point. Um, And they have the DS for that. So, I don't know. What is the last story? The last story is Miss Walker's upcoming (laughs) RPG for the Wii. Okay, yes. yeah, that was just reading up. <laughs> That's the one that people seem to have very low expectations for, based off nothing but a couple horrible trailers. I, mm-hmm. you know, I even liked one of those trailers though, so I don't know. The horrible ones. Hmm. I, I actually I mean, never watched. Them. Yeah, I apparently I liked one of the horrible ones. I don't know the one that came out around E3. I was okay with it. Yeah, that's right. You wouldn't have been on IRC then. But yeah, when people saw that, they all started making fun of it, so I didn't watch it. I don't know. I was okay with it. It looked like, oh, they're doing a real... It has all the polish of like an actual console RPG, unlike most of the stuff that's released on the Wii. So I was, hoping, I was hopeful for it. But. Did um, Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey make it, enough of an impact for anybody to be looking forward to this? Uh, you mean, does Mistwalker have enough of a name, basically? Right. Um, I don't know. I think... Uh, I think the better the better story here is that this is probably uh, uh, Sakaguchi's last game. Who's Sakaguchi? Like ever? Yeah, this is apparently Good. going to actually be his last story. If, if Blue Dragon and Awake Shuffle Dungeon is what he's going to be putting out now, he can retire. <laughs> Sakaguchi he can retire the same way the guy that Kiro, made the game. Kiro Boy Sakaguchi is uh, Mr. Final Fantasy. Like. Yeah, yeah, I just pulled that out. I'm Chrono Cross. Yeah, like. Xenogears. Okay. He, he stayed up through like. 10 or something like that. Well, call me crazy. Was he kind of pushed out of Square Enix because of the Spirits Within disaster? That, yes. um, that, that would yes. make sense. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He also made the bouncer. That can't have looked good. <laughs> <laughs> but he made oh. the bouncer back when Square did enough hits that it was okay to do some bouncers. And Oh, Funatman. The... Funatman is telling us that story from last week or the week before about him being his last game was a mistranslation. That's really so real unfortunate story? because that could so, drive sales up. So, so it said like his last story, and someone oh he said the it, last story he said it feels like game. it's his last game. What does that mean? It feels like it's my last game. Isn't that a way of telegraphing to people that you're getting tired of doing this crap? If no one's oh, going to buy it, that, but they just lost faith in yourself, so <laughs> yeah. they probably shouldn't buy this one. No, I think it's the opposite. I think he's trying to drive sales by saying this is the last chance you'll ever have to make a game that I created that's new. Well, you have. Except this. he's saying that, no, that was a mistranslation now. Unless so it just feels like it's last answer. game. So he's ruining that whole Japanese last pun. chance of getting all that PR. Mm-hmm. It's another Japanese pun. Like when they made Japanese history and everyone... Oh, yeah, it's down. just a bad pun about being last story. All right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Just because he didn't want to say, he just took like kind of synonyms for Final Fantasy and did like last story. He's so was so there an actual question things. in this call? Yeah, and I think the answer is we don't care for no real reason. Well, um, aside <laughs> from you know, the Wii doesn't need that game. The the guy has been kind of faltering lately and Kira, let's be honest you don't play console rpgs so why would you care to begin with i think that i could see what rpgs like i i think that i have enough of a tap on on, not only with friends of mine but from when i used to play a lot of console rpgs to to be able to see oh you know this should go on the wii But, but yeah i mean the wii the wii doesn't need it i mean why why bother i mean it's already a huge success with no rpgs and they, yeah, they've it, made a few. Apparently, because it's not making well. Nintendo any money. Right. Yeah, well, like, it, it, it feels like such a strange notion that, like, somehow the one thing that the Wii is missing, the one thing the Wii is missing, is like a good RPG. If well, that's that. what we say, because we play RPGs, but Nintendo doesn't care. And no, companies but, that have tried to make RPGs on the Wii, they ah, didn't sell. Okay, well, here's Luke the thing. How about a company? Them. How about a company who's trying to make um, RPGs? sell well in Japan, like Mistwalker, because they only really care about Japan sales. Um, th- that's their primary focus. They're making Japan-focused games. and They care about that primarily, and they want a console that's going to get more to them, but not um, hurt their old relationships back at Square. So that means Sony's out. Xbox has been attempted and keeps failing. The DS was a crapshoot. You think cares so, that much about politics? Yeah, because they're Japanese. It's Decent like, point. I mean, they. That, how does that stop them? I mean, they made DS games. I don't think they're going to avoid the PlayStation Three. Hmm. I I don't know why they don't go there. Is my question. It's like so. It seems to me like they want to do. I mean, is some, it money? They want something I mean, it, that's more successful the, than their Xbox Three Sixty attempts. So what's left is the Wii. Right? Is the PS Three still really expensive to develop for? I mean, Mistwalker hasn't exactly. I mean, they probably made more money on Blue Dragon Anime than they have on. Well, the I games think one of the reasons they succeeded made games for Three Sixty is because Microsoft gave them money. Yes. So yes. And then, stopped. and then stopped. And then stopped. So that might you know, be it. Like, yeah. Going hired in the chat is saying like uh, Nintendo doesn't care, but someone should. There is an audience, and that's and that's what the point is. But I'm thinking, you know what? A lot of people have the Wii, and there's been a lot of RPGs on there so far that haven't sold anything. Right, so right, they're not that selling. Audience? I mean, if, if Little King Story sold out, if Muramasa sold out, you know, if Baroka sold out, I mean, there are RPGs on the Wii. They just, they don't do well. So why, you know, do you, they want to, you know, it's cost so much to make a game. They want to do what's already safe and established. So why I would you take a Wii RPG? story has a good chance in Japan, but look at the sales for Monster Hunter here. I mean, if Monster Hunter couldn't sell on the Wii in the U.S., come on. Did it sell okay or no? Not? No, I didn't no. think so. Well, nobody will play it with me. You should all go out by Monster Hunter 3. We'll play together. Come on. No. Let's do this. It's a good game. <laughs> I, I hear good things. All right. Let's move on to our next call. <laughs> yeah, thank you, buddy. Uh, just to clarify from last week, I asked about the uh, Shin Megami Tensei titles being put on the 3DS. As far as the actual SMT goes, I'm talking before the PS2 Personas, you know, and all of the um, Megaton spinoffs. I mean, back to the original MSX Famicom Shin Megami Tensei. That's what fans seem to speculate is the SMT being put on 3DS. I think that's the one that's going to be remade, like original digital double story. And um, as far as the Persona goes, it would be nice if it was, you know, unique and all new. And I honestly hated Devil Survivor compared to Strange Journey. So if there's a sequel to that, maybe, you know, that'll save that particular branch. But as far as the SMT goes, 
fans really think it's going to be a remake of one of the older, older MSX, maybe even uh, SMT2, which was on Super Famicom. So uh, can you guys get behind that idea, or is that more of a, man, you prefer the newer line of personas and whatnot? Let us know. Uh, I believe they specifically said they'd all be new titles. Did they yeah, not? Yeah, but I like the way this guy's thing. Okay. Again, who is this? What's this? this? Is, what's uh, this? Is he one of the sticky regulars? pudding or something like this? Sticky pudding. That's okay. Right. <laughs> no, I I, I, <laughs> I agree with them. I would love to see old uh, Shimigami Tensei or old Megami Tensei games being ported to something. Wait, there's there's uh, my... there's a straight up Megami Tensei. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Old old school. What like what system pre, did that come pre, out on? Before Super Nintendo, probably Famicom games. Actually, he said MSX in the call, didn't he? Okay, so that was, I, was, I had no idea they. Had, I have never seen those. How would those work? Well, we're talking the, about. We're talking about SMT one and SMT two. No, we're talking no hmm. S, just MT. Oh, just, but yeah, Megami Tensei. What? There is no Megami Tensei. You sure? Yeah, there is. Uh, Look hard, it up. Hardcore gaming one more. Hardcore gaming one hundred and one. Everyone go. What? I'm just going to Wikipedia it. There's a there was a Megami Tensei, and they made a couple games, and then they made the Shin Megami Tensei series. I think starting with this Super Nintendo. The first and game, I mean, Digital Devil Story Megami heart. Tensei, was based on the novel of the same name by Aya Nishitani. It was released in Japan in 1987 for both the MSX and Famicom. These are the only two games in the series to have only Megami Tensei in their name. Kyu- Kyuyaku Megami Tensei is the title of the Super Famicom remake of the first two Mega Ten games. It translates to Old Testament reincarnation of the goddess. How does one word word turns into five, six? I don't know how that happens. All right. And then Um, the flagship series became Shin Megami Tensei. Yes. Yeah, I don't think they would remake Megami Tensei at all at this point. I mean, I I would just say, well, why not? The way they retconned it, SMT 1 and 2 is like the start of everything. Yeah, who cares? I, I just think it would be interesting. It wouldn't cost them much, you know. I wonder, I mean, I what gotta, are you talking about a, a video half a megabyte game, you know? Toss it on something. Toss it I, I, on... People can expect more his other points, you know, where he said he didn't like Devil's... Oh, excellent. ...Survivor, and he does like Strange Journey. I mean, I w- yeah, I would like to see the 3DS go on with new games and Persona and the main series, but I would also... I would like to see more Shimigami Tensei in general. I would like to see, especially the first two Shimigami Tensei games, I would really mm-hmm. like to see remade. What, on, like, the DS? Yeah, well, anything. But, yeah, I mean, the DS would be the logical choice. Right. Do I think it's likely just Glenn guessing sitting at home as a loser gamer? You know, no, I don't think it's going to happen. But All right, I, I found I found a video it. of the original Megami Tensei, and it looks like an old-school NES RPG, really. Um, there's a dude walking around in a cave. It's an action-based game. There's, he's fighting like a fire and a water elemental, and he's trying to avoid their attacks. It's like a Zelda game, it looks like. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they were all first-person crawlers. Uh, this one is not. This is, yeah, not. Definitely not. The originals, a video of the originals. Oh, never mind. This is not that game. It's a different game. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> did, did, didn't Atlas didn't Atlas put like a placeholder out when the PS3 was announced and kind of like you know say new SMT game coming on the PS3 and they said that four or five years ago and we haven't seen one yet and it's just they been lately once, the they ones they did that the same thing at the launch of the DS and I was that's right. one of the reasons why I got a DS I was so excited because hey great SMT is coming out and I had to wait four five six years for that. All right, yeah, Glenn, you're totally right. It's a first person dungeon crawl. Okay. 
It looks so, so I, I would I wouldn't put too much weight in Atlas saying new SMT game coming for the 3DS. I mean, of course, obviously they'll make one eventually, but I wouldn't be surprised if not a single person in Atlas in Japan knows what the first SMT game they're making with 3DS is. That wouldn't surprise right. me at all. Yeah, it's good Because the rumors are also that EO4 has, uh, Etrian Odyssey 4 has already started development and it's a 3DS game. I saw that rumor when I was looking around last night something else this is really good music on this so no one knows it's just speculation right and basically as unlikely as it might be it does sound like an interesting idea yeah okay um so yeah i this does sound like an interesting idea but can first person dungeon crawl succeed today Etrian Odyssey Etrian Odyssey is, is that success yeah um, in the u.s success? all right i guess they're the up to number four well, I mean, you know, it depends by, by on their how standards. Many... I mean, Etrianasi One became hard to find pretty quick. They sold out their initial print run fast, and that's more than you can say for you know a lot of other Japanese RPGs that are brought over that are kind of obscure. And I mean, how much does it have to sell in order to be profitable? And look how fast they're bringing three over. You know, if if one and two didn't do so hot, Atlas USA wouldn't have touched three. Right. Not only that, three's getting like a real big push with a. Like some decent advertising and a sixty-page art book as a pre-order bonus. It's not bad. That's not bad at all. So yeah, I have it pre-ordered. I, I've already I've already beaten EO3 and I have it pre-ordered. That's how much I want the what? Art book. Oh right, because you bought for the review. Yeah. Yeah. He'll buy art book again, but he won't buy Starcraft Two Collection Edition. Nope. <laughs> no man, it's more expensive. It's EO3 priorities. is thirty bucks with an art book. Starcraft. Yeah. 40 extra bucks for limited edition. I'd buy it EO3 if it had online yeah. multiplayer. And the art book is 176 pages as opposed to 60. But it doesn't have pictures of new, beautiful, ugh, Kerrigan in it. It has pictures of real people. <laughs> new, beautiful, to... ugh, Kerrigan? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kerrigan with boobs and a butt and yeah, smooth skin on her face oh, and all that other right. disgusting stuff yeah, she's and, not supposed and to more have. And more than 20 by 20 pixels, you're right. Um... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like she, she doesn't have black veins on her cheek like she's supposed uh, to. Can you, can somebody just round this out, wrap up for me, what are the more recent Shimega Tensei SMT of any genre games that are first-person crawls, just Strange Journey. Uh, um, just... SMT Nocturne Three had a mode when you beat the game you can play it and it's a no, mode. no, it doesn't count. Nocturne, uh, the big deal with that was that it wasn't a first-person crawler. It was but a, then you right, could beat the game and then make it first-person again. <laughs> you could, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count. But is it no, old... is it first-person just in display or did it actually play like a first-person oh, crawl? I think Devil Summoner was the most recent one. Devil Summoner. Well, aside from, oh uh, no, no. You know what? Devil Summoner was not first-person crawler at all. It was a 3D yes, was. or a third-person action RPG. No, 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 no. That's Devil Survivor. That's Devil Summoner Kaiser. That's the most recent Devil. Well, Summoner. there's Summoner, and then there's you're talking about the Saturn version. Is that right, Manny? I haven't and played the PSP that. remake. Yeah. No, it's Persona. For the Persona PSP was a first-person crawler. No, 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 no. Devil Summoner was remade in P- as a PSP game in Japan, but it never came out here. And you're right; it was originally on Sega Saturn. Okay. Devil Summoner. Okay, isn't that the same as Devil Summoner Rido? I I don't know what the name of Devil Summoner is. That's a sequel. He's talking about. And then there's Devil Summoner Rido two, which is the third one. Yeah, also not that. Well, you could you could kind of split. The original Devil Summoner is is uh, sort of a very Shin Megami style, but Mm -hmm. sort of like more of a detective noir story. And then they think the only thing that really continues with the you could kind of consider the Rido games a separate series, but they continue sort of detective noir feel. Okay. 
Well, and then to answer your question, Chris, in the last decade, the only SMT games that have come out in America that are in first-person crawlers is Strange Journey and Persona PSP, both of which Wait, came Demi-Kids. out last year. Was Demi-Kids within Wait. the last 10 years? I bought a first-person I'm crawler saying. for my PSP. I didn't realize I did that with Persona. I thought you walked around on an overworld map in Persona. No, uh, you, there's that too, but the oh. actual dungeons are first-person crawlers I in Persona 1. I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those jerks. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. You know, you're right, though. It does feel like, at least with Persona 3 and 4, like it's like they tried to modernize the, the dungeon crawl experience. Right. So there is a well, lot of that hit in its history, I guess. 3 was where they just redid it. They just slapped the Persona name on it so it ooh, would sell ooh. better. Is Persona be 2, which never came out here, right? Um, is Wrong. that. Oh, okay. There's two Persona 2s. One oh, came the, out here. That's one right. Didn't. The one everyone wants didn't come out here. Right. All right. And is it first person? No. No. Okay. So they redid it for it's two and then redid it, it again for three. <laughs> right, the whole Persona series is weird. It's it's really a series that has not much in common between the games. Aside from oh, oh the music four. in one, three, and four are all by the same person. Shoji Meguro? Yeah. I think that's all they have in common. All right, we should move on. Sorry. <laughs> Last call. Hey, this is uh, Draconis. Show's good as usual. You want to know what the heck the LR for Dissidia install mode is? It's Chocobo sounds. One does the chirp, one does the burble uh, kind of noise. Later. Wow. That's answering a question from like 10 shows ago that I had. What? <laughs> when you're installing Dissidia on your PSP, um, it, after you get into the game, it tells you, like, oh, by the way, during the install, that you can press L and R to have special things happen, and they don't tell you what they are. And uh, <laughs> apparently, while you're installing it to the PSP, which takes a good 45 minutes to install to your memory stick, it, uh, you can make chocobo sounds with the L and R buttons. So isn't that great? Thanks, thanks Draconis. You didn't tell us the phone number, though. Uh, he's usually been doing that every week alright so if you'd like to leave feedback for us you can send us an email at podcast at rpgamer.com you can send us a voicemail at podcast at rpgamer.com by attaching an mp3 file or an m4a file you could also leave us a voicemail at 608-729-4098 and we'll read them right here on the show like we did today and we love to get your feedback and hear what you have to say Uh, I guess we should get into the news Ooh, no music this week? No. Oh, uh, we do have music this week, actually. Um, and we should take a break for that now. We've got a song from G-Dog Tuck. So everybody, enjoy that.
All right, everyone. Thanks again, G Dog Tuck, for that song. Um, that was awesome. I said not having heard it yet, but I think it is. Um, we'll find out afterwards. <laughs> if you didn't here, let's put it this way: if you heard the song, it was awesome, and if you didn't hear the song, it wasn't so awesome. So that, that's that's how that'll work. So I think it was awesome. All right, uh, Anna Marie Newfeld has found her way back onto the show. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, the Anna. Nice thing about breaks, we can do stuff like that. Changing it up for the news yeah. segment. You had your own musical interlude, Anna. How amazing. That's right. It's called At Peace. When we think of tranquility, we think of Anna. <laughs> no, you don't. It sounds like a perfume commercial. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think of Anna all the time. That that's kinda like what fills my day when I'm not playing video games. Creepy. Don't we all? I think I'm like fears. Um, apparently not playing video games is uh, hurting Nintendo. Uh, they uh, post a financial loss for the first time ever. Well, not ever, but for the first time in a long time. Oh, dear. When are we real again? Say what? Are we recording again? Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> Start it back up. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm used to Phil. Phil's like, you know, and now we're recording. Yay! And we're good. Well, I, I did say that. You just weren't paying attention. It's fair enough. <laughs> So I got this nice little article here that doesn't explain anything other than the, the company lost 25.2 billion yen for the Which quarter like ending June 30th. $288 million. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that is pretty sizable. That's like a fifth as much as Microsoft wasted well, on Bing last and year. And here's how it happened. DS software <laughs> sales fell from 29 million units during the last year's Q1 to 22.4 million units this, this Q1. And uh, I don't understand how terrible. that's enough to lead to that big of a loss. Like, I could see it cutting into your profits, but I don't understand how you sell 22 point million of anything and have a loss. What is going on over at Nintendo? What are they spending their money on? How are they losing money here? Well, t- they're making the 3DS. They're going to make an HD sure Wii. not cheap. And apparently Wii sales stayed up. I mean, I, I didn't realize they were sh- so razor shit. Uh, so razor thin on their margins. They've been making so much money, I thought they'd have more buffer than this. But apparently not. Apparently you can sell 22 million software units and lose money that's sad. i have to say i'm with you i think this is a uh, how many times okay how, how many ps3s have sold and sony just started making money off of them no 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 no. that's sony making money off each unit yeah but that's i mean individual unit they've been nintendo's been making money off the wii since it launched well and the ds yeah they haven't launched their systems at a loss so th- th- this doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Is this a loss or is a this loss? Just... This is a loss. Okay. They, so they spent more loss. than they made. They yeah. figured they'd sell another thirty million DSs. Whoops! Yeah. We only sold twenty-two. And well, we spent that's all my the question. Where's the money going? R and D. I guess. R&D. I've been looking at I their mean, earnings release know, and I can't figure it out. We know that they're making. Well, we know that they're making the 3DS. Obviously. Yeah. We know that they're making another home console. But in, in real-world big capitalist companies, that makes no sense. That's like Microsoft saying, well, while making Windows 7, we lost $200 million this quarter. Except not they did lose a whole crap ton of money while they were no, making they, They've always been 7. profitable. They were just less profitable. And like, well, it would yeah, be like I, Apple saying, we only sold a million iPads, but we're making the next iPad, and we lost money this quarter. I mean, some companies are just so hugely profitable in what they make. I would never suspect Nintendo, like, while making the 3DS... It isn't that our you know, R&D division lost more money than usual. Our entire company lost money. It's crazy. A financial loss by Nintendo? I would never have thought. It's probably I just really crappy this. budgeting. 
Right, right. It's definitely mismanagement, but that's like that's the shock that someone up there in Nintendo needs to cut open their stomachs and let their organs spill out a little bit because that's a pretty big mistake. <laughs> and the racial statements resume every week brought to you by Hey, that's not racial. Remember, you got to stick Wilson. the sword in and you don't go down. You got to go to the left or the right. It's better than the bullet train. That's all I got to say. <laughs> wow. I mean, they like they still have po- Pokémon just came out in America. They should have made a few billion dollars just selling Soul Silver to Americans last quarter. You'd think like it's, I, I can't comprehend how they lost money. They're doing something really stupid. I, and yeah. I haven't found they're, good they're analysis of it yet. I'm, I've been hoping to find it. I mean, Nobody's pointed me to it. You know, me. like I said, can you imagine Apple saying we sold only three, 30 million units and that's why we lost money? No, no. It wouldn't happen. Like big well, tums, that's because, big it's because they make Steve more Jobs per unit than most other people do. he's just going to find a way to spin do. it anyway. <laughs> they did lose a bunch of their securities. You know what? I think I know what this is. Wait, what is that, Kiro? I'm looking at. I'm looking at the. What does uh, that mean? At the financial statement and uh, their short-term investments. Um, basically, that they, they made a ton less money on those. Uh, I'm still going through everything. So their problem was their return on equity. The the cash they had on hand, they invested all in European markets, which collapsed last quarter. Is that is that how they lost money? Uh, yeah, I mean their shareholders' equity went down as well substantially. Um, do, 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 do. Sorry, financial documents. <laughs> Who would have thought the RBG cast would be full of people that understand equity markets? Yeah. <laughs> so this has to do Although with financial investments good. they made then. Say many did get uncharacteristically quiet when this conversation yeah, started. Yeah, but investments made in the company. Oh, in the company. Okay. Uh huh. Their taxes went up and out the wazoo. Um, like hearing me read this out loud is probably not good radio. No, you're right. You're right. Well, so here's some other things about Nintendo. Uh, they're about to announce a 3DS price. Uh, that. They're going to announce that on September 29th. We'll learn yes. more about that. They've announced the date that they will announce right. the date that it's they're the going price. to What a the stupid price. industry we're in, this, you know? This is, <laughs> this is how awesome the game industry has gotten. We get things like Square Enix announcing that they're going to make an announcement about an announcement of an event and yeah, of an announcement. <laughs> Thanks, wrapped Square. in an enigma, wrapped in a riddle. Oh, and it's a concert. <laughs> and That's it's a concert. That's the best part. What? It's a three-hour concert. What is? I don't know end, this one. What happened with this one? Talk to you for two minutes and then go away, and Wait, everything will be done. What? Oh, about the Dragon Quest announcement. Uh, the Dragon Quest announcement. Yeah. Is but it, yeah, you know, like, at least you get to listen to the Dragon that, Quest that music the for two party hours. Where they were like, "Yeah, Dragon Quest Nine is uh, going to be out, you know, September in Japan." Thanks for letting us put Dragon Quest Ten on the Wii. Bye. And that was the end. So is it going to be like a giant rock concert, or is this like a symphonic orchestra? No, playing they already had that. that. That was no, the Dragon Quest this. Ten announcement. Yeah, that was that was like the big Dragon Quest rock concert. Yeah. So, all right. I don't want to go if it's a rock concert, but I'll go if it's an orchestra. <laughs> that probably it was. Happened. It would have had been. Yeah. So <sighs> another another Nintendo title. Lena, we were just talking about this Monster Hunter Try six hundred ninety thousand units in U.S. and Europe combined. Is that good that's or bad? I think that's good for Monster Hunter <laughs> compared to yeah, where it was. A game that has no basis in North Here, America. Here, let me put it. Here's the worldwide sales was 1.8 million. So it's so still it sold, sold more in Japan, Japan still, but you know, obviously. But I mean, look at a game that's considered successful in North America. You'll probably find it sells like 250,000 to half a million. Mm, like. Um, I- P3, okay, I'm talking console. 
because mm-hmm. you can have like 80 bazillion copies sold on the PC and be Sims. Well, no, I'm just thinking of I, – I read a news story that, that bothered me to no end, and that was that Iron Man 2, the mo- game based on the movie, which has been – every single review I've read about it has been bad, and it sold 1.14 million copies. Um, <laughs> but I want to kill Mickey Rourke. <laughs> can, I, can I do that in any other game? <laughs> oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> but that, that I'm, I'm I mean, referring more to RPGs here. All right. Okay. I mean, there's lots of mainstream shovelware that sells in the millions, and we're just all a little saddened about it. But you in can, the grand uh, scheme of relevance to the games that we play and cover, a quarter million sales is decent. Yeah, right. and you can kill Kylie Minogue in a Street Fighter, the game based on the movie, based on the game. Street Fighter, the movie, the game. It's called Street Fighter, the movie, the game. Yeah, it's Street Fighter. But it's based on the movie, based on the game, right? The game based on the movie. Don't play in Japan again. That's Kiro. That's. Uh, But but the thing about Monster Hunter is they spent a lot on advertising. I'm not going to say that this is why companies losing money, but uh, there was was a lot of TV ads. I've seen more TV ads for Monster Hunter than I saw for StarCraft 2, and I've seen a lot of StarCraft 2. But Capcom published it, so that means they spent the advertising, I believe. Right, right, sorry. I'm just saying how these companies lose money. I don't know. Maybe part of Nintendo's 200 million. You mean like hiring tour buses to drive around San Francisco advertising Final Fantasy 13 to a bunch of people who already pre-ordered it? (laughs) (laughs) They lost money on Uh, Monster Hunter 2. They just sit around going, yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, Nintendo's ma- mo- biggest loss was in Europe. I, I don't know if something nice. happened in Europe, um, but they had a it, lot of Greek treasury bonds. I mean, well, damn near halved uh, most of their software, hardware sales, um, investments, everything just fell through. Yeah, the EU sort of contracted at the same time the mortgage market fell apart in the U.S. All right, so here's another figure for you. Um, Alpha Protocol sales apparently around seven hundred thousand. That's that, not bad. Yeah, yeah but Didn't it was it was low enough made. that Sega said we're not making another one. Right. I thought Sega and Obsidian whined about how poorly it sold. That doesn't seem yeah, bad, right? Did. I mean, were they hoping I mean, it would sell Mass Effect levels? Are they apparently, hoping to they break were. Halo records. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody's going. I mean, to at the same Halo. time, it's a relative thing. If you sell a quarter million copies of the game, it took you two hundred thousand dollars to make on the DS. Yeah, maybe they didn't have fun making it, and they were like, you know, what, guys, we're not doing another one bank. of these. If you dropped three million on Alpha Protocol and made two million back in your seven hundred thousand copies, or two point one million back in your seven hundred thousand copies, you then lost nine hundred thousand dollars and said, screw it, we're not doing this again. Well, so, yeah, I mean, you got to think that Sega Sammy is looking at Sega going, prove to me at least once why we should keep your gaming division around. Well, but Alpha Protocol is actually developed by Obsidian. Sega's just publishing it, right? So Right. The, right. I think Sega just said, you know, we're shutting down Western Ops, and Obsidian must have said, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> we're Obsidian. Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, you're right, Kira. Maybe Sega owned the property. Mm. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, that that would make sense. That would make that would actually make a lot of sense. Yeah, and Sega's I mean, dumping like the whole Western development five. thing. Level five yeah. doesn't own basically anything that they make. Professor Layton. Okay, they own that. Nino but they made the last Dragon Quest. Inazuma. Games. And they, <laughs> shut up! No, Inazuma. <laughs> else. They, they go to great lengths to have Quest. entire events dedicated to their own games now. <laughs> Roy. Fine. 
some of the stuff that <laughs> level five makes. I apologize. Uh-huh. There are items that level five makes. That's certainly. Is there a strong make. point in that song? I don't know. No. Okay. I was trying to use uh, a practical lost. recent example. All right. Well, speaking of things that have no point, EverQuest 2 is looking to do something different. Um, it's yeah, going oh free boy. to play. <laughs> I'll let you guys tackle this story. Yeah, oh, so check uh, this one out. Um, they're, apparently, they're working on a free-to-play version of EverQuest 2 because they don't have 700,000 people playing it, I would assume. Oh, no. There are less people playing EverQuest 2 than EverQuest 1. Ouch. Uh, it's newly announced EverQuest 2 Extended. It's a different version of the game that's powered by microtransactions. The original version will continue on as before. So I guess these are separate servers or something. Um, I don't know yeah. about this. The decision was made to spur growth in a stable but stagnant fail- fan base without alienating existing fans. Stagnant <laughs> is never a good word for your game. <laughs> Not for an MMO. And I mean, I was reading an article. Well, unless you're stagnant day. at 15 million subscribers or something like that, then then you're probably okay. <laughs> then you're okay. I don't know. Yeah. Well, WoW's been stagnant at 11.5 subscribers. I thought they were up to 15 million. Then they're only 11.5? No, they've been at 11.5 since like six oh, months. Oh, they hit 15 insane. million, I thought. But wait, hasn't so, EverQuest 2 been out for a while? I mean, I don't know MMOs, but don't yeah, they usually when they've been out for three yeah. years stagnate? I mean, you don't expect to be growing exponentially until the end of time. Oh, but well, no, that's, but that's think... not that's how a sane person would think. But you're talking about business <laughs> people who think they're going to make the next Warcraft. And I mean, um, EverQuest has been, two, has been out for that... six years. Like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> stagnating in six years should be okay. I mean... Yeah. What other game that came out six years ago has seen increased sales growth over the last six well, years? Well, they're gonna they're trying Mario to shake Kart it up. DS. Oh, what? Mario Kart DS. Mario Kart DS. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we play. Oh wait, no, those finally were fell out six off. years yeah. ago. Name, name <laughs> games that came out six years ago. Portal. <laughs> Portal's not six. The years Portal ago. came out three. <laughs> three years ago. Close. Yeah. Okay. Now launch. Wii's been Close out for five years, years, right? Um, yeah, we play is getting close, or we sports is getting close. Yeah, but uh, that that doesn't that we sports is going away because we sports resorts taking over. So, oh right, yeah, not a good example. Damn. All right, uh, well, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll I be mean, able to upgrade I, to a full membership for fifteen bucks a month. Oh, otherwise, so. I, I know one. The World of Warcraft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, that's a good example. <laughs> <laughs> that did come out in 2004. Yeah. 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 EverQuest um, no, originally used to have premium servers. Yeah. And that went, the, the, you know, the, the, uh, that was horrible. That went really, really bad for them. I don't know why they would do it again. Um, but no, but the go. premium services, the premium servers were different. The premium servers were subscription, where on top of the sub, you could pay for stuff with real money. So, for example, if you really wanted the acts of, oh my god, smack your face, you could pay $10 for it, and someone would sell it to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I just the, think it's... The money that ran through that server were not for microtransactions. They were for the buying and selling between players. So, I, I just think that when you have an MMO, if you have part of your content locked, or, uh, or uh, if somebody with locked. more money than me can get ahead on the game, that's fine. That's, that's, that's a lot of people on their own servers. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, 
the the whole they actually did a really I mean I think the idea is completely stupid but I have to say that SOE did a really good job with the premium servers they separated them from everybody else so you could not pay to win did unless any you of us paid play them in. did any of us play EverQuest yes. 2 oh okay Yes. Yeah, I played EverQuest too. Yeah, I have a lifetime subscription. Oh my gosh! Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> How does that yeah, work in this model? All right, yeah. You know, I have a, I have a, uh, I have a, I have a press account that's probably still active to Warhammer Online, and I don't log into that either. Programmer for EQ from the day it started until he left SOE was my brother. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> in fact, it was funny because I had a conversation with him, like. Three or six. Okay. No, uh, WoW came out in November. And Christmas that year, I sat down with him. And I'm like, what do you guys think of WoW? And he looked at me and he said, we all think, damn, that's what we did wrong. Okay. Not make it good? Yeah, well, not make it like WoW. Because right. EQ2 was built off the Awful. same premise of EQ1 without using any of the ideas. And it's why everybody played EQ2 for one month and went, this isn't EQ, and went back to it. Mm-hmm. Wait, is EQ2 built off the same awful. promise as one without any of the ideas? What? Yeah, because it was built off the premise that people want to sink an obnoxious amount of time into an MMO. Oh, and they just went back to their characters that they had already sunk time into. Right. Okay. Because people, are, it turns out people are just tired. Well, there's also the fact that the starting areas in EQ2 were tempered towards people who'd played an MMO and who'd played a hardcore MMO. Uh, well, Atlas has a game te- tempered towards people who've played an old game. Um, they unveiled a new game called Radiant Historia this week. And apparently it's got a bunch of people who design Radiata Stories on it. So this has nothing to do with Square Enix or Tri-Ace, but a lot of the people who are involved in Radiata Stories are coming over and making this new Radiant Historia game. So wait, so wait though, when they, when they say a, a lot of people that worked on Radiata Stories, do they mean like people who were interns five years ago well, and they now mean, they're developers? All right, yeah, well, so they mean the designer, Satoshi Takayashiki, um, the character art designer, Hiroshi Konishi, uh, Mitsuru Hirano, uh, who was involved with the Shimigami Tensei Nocturne games, is handling director duties, and uh, Yoko Shimomura is scoring the music. Who? That's Dragon that's Quest, good. right? Shimomura? That, that's good. That's a pretty good all-star cast. Who's Shimomura? Is that Dragon Quest, or is that someone else? Who's Shimomura? Help, help, help me. Try, I don't know. Yoko Shimomura. I'm looking it up on Wikipedia. I'm sorry. Who is Yoko? Ah, Final Fight and Street Fighter 2. So even better. Or, <laughs> oh, oh, right, right. She's not Dragon Quest. She's Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts, Legend oh, of Mana. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So that. Now I'm interested. Yeah, totally interested. So that's cool. Legend of Mana. Anytime Atlas could've... announces a new IP, I'd be interested. Oh, that's Just... right. Shima Moore likes to do really short songs that loop a lot. That's right. Hmm. All right. Anyway. Do we know anything about the game? I mean, is it? Uh, it has grit. I was just reading about this on Silicon Era. You know, menu based. No, 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 no. It uses a grid based battle system. I don't okay. know. I didn't play Radiant Radiata Stories. I have it sitting, oh. sitting on myself, so someone will have to tell me. Radiata what that Stories was like. wasn't turn based, oh, so free, the battle it system had a free had nothing in with it. Okay. This is totally it different. Like a Star Three. All right, so this yeah. this is a Ew. DS game. We know. So just to settle that, um, it puts enemies and heroes on a three by three grid. And uh, and you can step in the middle ground to deal more damage, but it leaves wandering character vulnerable since enemies can hit your hero harder too. 
the game takes place in a world with five warring countries. That isn't the biggest problem. Desert- desertification, which doesn't mean turning into a dessert that's yummy to eat. It means turning into a desert, which is lots of sand of the world, is the biggest problem in the world. A mysterious disease suddenly turns people into sand. Wow. This sort right. of sounds like Stella. Stock, Rainy, and Marco are sent on a rescue mission to save a spy. The trio reach their target, but are surrounded by the enemy. Stock is critically wounded, wakes up in Historia, a world that looks like an M.C. Escher sketch. Children who live in this twisted world of time and space give Stock the power to play with time. Players will be able to visit the past, future, and parallel worlds with this ability. So They already have a game where you can turn people into dessert. It was called Rhapsody. Ah, okay. No, this sounds like Stella... Hang on. Stella Deus? Stella Deus. Deus? Yeah. Okay. Uh, whole... Probably not a good comparison. Let's stick to... No, it isn't. Comparisons. Which is, um, yeah, like, this is tactical gameplay and a story that focuses on the great conflict, which is basically everything's turning into a desert. Mm. So people are panicking. Desert. Let me see if I actually discuss the story a Are little you trying bit. to make the world yeah. is decaying sound like something brand new in an RPG? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, everyone hasn't turned into sand before, right? Did you play Final Fantasy Oh, wait, one? no, the sand's a destruction. People do turn into sand, darn it. Uh, mm-hmm. Radiant Historia is currently scheduled for a November 4th release date in Japan. No announcement of an English translation. I'm almost certain Atlas will, in, will make us happy and bring this over, but who knows? <laughs> Assuming it's good. I mean, if they're done and they end up with archaic sealed heat on their hands, I don't think yeah, we'll see it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I, th- I thought somebody on our site liked archaic sealed heat. No, I guess not. Nobody liked James? it. Uh, it would have been, uh, no, been Brian. I don't, think, I don't think anyone working for our site liked it. Oh, okay. Then never mind. Are you thinking about Seventh Dragon? No. We, we also oh, has been talking about lots that. Lots of people like Seventh Dragon. That's not yeah, it would have been Brian. All right. F- he did the I don't impression. think he liked it, though. So never mind. Uh, all right, so what is up with the way that Zelda looks like a really um, lots of paint? It looks like an impressionist painting, right? About what? to sneeze. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm having trouble talking. <laughs> I didn't sneeze. Maybe now he's laughing. It's not good. Sneeze. This doesn't look like an impressionist. I don't know. Why does it look like it's it's all bright colors, like a watercolor? There's like it's very bright, and people yeah, are like complaining that it's like Zelda. it's a realistic Zelda that doesn't have all the the realistic colors, and it's like halfway between Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. What's going on here? Yeah, blah, well, blah, blah, this blah, is another new news. I mean, this was kind of I thought we saw and commented in this during right, E3. But like what's a, new a is hybrid. why we now know why they chose this. Because ah. it's a smart design. It looks like a, a happy happy link to the past. Let me, let me read the quote. One of the reasons we've chosen the art style we have with Skyward Sword is that it is a better vehicle to showcase the exaggerated characteristics of some of the characters, explained Eiji Aonuma. Not only of the enemy characters, but as a representation of the sword spirit itself. So, um, if you, if you like to mystery Japanese things like me, gibberish. that means you're going to look like a fool, so we decided to make the game look like a fool. I don't, I don't know what that means. But because of the way we have put the game together, you have to focus on how the enemy is carrying their weapon, and there are a couple of different ways you can go about that. One, you can be super realistic, and the other, not so realistic. We thought that because we want to highlight the sword fighting combat, we have to exaggerate the features. We thought that the art style we chose was best suited to do that. You have to match the art style to how the game plays, and we thought this worked best we match the artwork so we can highlight the over exaggeration in the gameplay so apparently they wanted to make it very exaggerated so you could easily see where that moblin's going to block your sword no. so you can swing the other way i call bs because they did that on wind waker and wind waker wasn't all about exaggerated motions 
I still think it's just I think a Wind Waker is more exaggerated you know, than this is. They want it to be colorful smart... like when, and childish like Wind Waker, but have enough of a sharp, clear, you know, realistic-ish visual to it because so many people hated Wind Waker. It's just mm. a happy – it's a halfway it's between medium. Twilight Princess and Not Wind only Waker. that though, it, it actually will make the game not look like total crap like, <laughs> like, like uh, Twilight Princess does. No, and I mean it'll like age a crap. lot better. <laughs> All right. I mean, it was Fair all. Enough. I get why they did it. It was a good choice, but I don't think it had anything to do with being able to see goblin reactions better. It yeah. sounds like a PR, like PR. That, that sounds like spin. First of all, it's, it's, making, it's making news out of nothing. It's like here, one up. Please post something about me today. I'm going to tell you some BS about why we chose this art style to keep me relevant. <laughs> oh. Zelda's always going to be relevant. <laughs> All right. You know what else is relevant? Tales games. Despite our the fact that we try to get rid of them, they're always sticking around here. And uh, we're so much relevant as just like a plague or something. <laughs> More like a plague. <laughs> Speaking of Tales, don't yeah. forget, we have our year of Tales on the RP Gamer Forums being run by Adrian. Go, Go to board.rpgamer.com and come and good luck finding it since we don't pin any topics anymore. But... Um, <laughs> I don't know where, you can, um, where, where can people find it. It's in the role-playing game section. It's almost always the top topic. It should be pinned. Oh, people are scared I... of pinning stuff. All right. No, just in latest updates. Is the year? I thought the year. I thought the years of threads were pinned. Yeah, we should make yeah, sure that's are. pinned if it isn't. All right, people can find it. It's not in latest updates. We don't care. All right. <laughs> Tales of Graces is what I was trying to talk about. And uh, this is the one that still isn't out in the U.S., and everyone's upset. I want Tales of Graces. I want Tales of Graces. I want Tales of Graces. And they said, well, we're going to release it for the PS3 in Japan. <laughs> so that makes you happy, right? Probably Sucker. not. Well, all right. So Tales of Graces was a Wii game, right? Yes, yes. It's, it's the Wii one. There's no announcement of it here. So here, what people are hoping now is, okay, they're going to make it for the PS3. It's going to be in HD. It'll be even more awesome. And, 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 and this one will come to the U.S. Tales games are the Dragon Quest of the action RPG genre. I really don't care about them. They're all the same, and I'm not a big fan of them. Oh. Yeah, I've played three of them and not finished any of them, so I stopped Symphonia was great. I Tales Symphonia was an excellent game, and then That's every the other Tales one, one right? I've tried is not. Yeah. Okay. I think Symphonia was right place, right time. But okay. it, it also did everything right. It was fun. And then I played Legendia, and it was total crap in every way. Just made Symphonia <sighs> like an accident. I played Abyss, and uh, the characters are so whiny. All right. Well, uh, if you want to keep whining about Tales games, there's two more for you to whine about. The first one is they announced another one for the PS3 but did not give it a name or any details. And finally, they announced Tales of the World Radiant Mythology 3 is currently under development for PSP. It'll have like 80 Tales characters in it. I guess uh, the Tales of the World ones have like, they're like crossover games or something like that. Uh, So they announced a third one for that. That'll be out in 2011 in Japan. And no U.S. dates for any of these. I'm sorry, Tales fans. Um, blame all of us who don't buy them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of stuff that people don't want to buy, Harvest Moon Grand Bazaar is going gold. Uh, hey, lots <laughs> of people buy those. <laughs> You're right. It's very popular. It's but it's about as popular among this podcast panel as the Tales games, so I don't know what to tell you. Mm. Wait, I thought Anna I liked like Harvest, Harvest Moon. Moon. Yeah, well, I think that, you're outnumbered here, Chris. So it's more so because two people like it. It's more no, no, popular no, no, no. than Tales games. There are games. five of us. Three of us hate Harvest Moon. He's not outnumbered. Yeah, yeah. How many? And people I haven't played it. Wait, 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 wait. Michael, no, no, no. Michael likes Harvest Moon because this one has double jump. I want to finish this thought. Then, how many people here actually like the Tales games? 
not one, not Tales of Symphonia, how many people like the Tales series? How many of us like even a single Harvest Moon <laughs> game is what I would counter with. Me. <laughs> Just I like the, two the first of you. one. <laughs> but I mean, no one says they like the Tales series. So meh. Played right. them. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Terrible. <laughs> All right. So, you Grand play Bazaar. An action game. Play an action game that's good. Uh, like this we is an action earlier. game. You can double jump in Grand Bazaar. So, it's going to oh, wow. double jump to the U.S. in August 17th. So, that's very, very, very soon. And so will be running out. Does double jumping let you hop over your crops so you can harvest them faster? Is that yes. the point of and it? And you know what you get? And I might try this one because I got this already. You get a little free horse plushie if you pre order the game. Check it out. I see. That's what you get, guys. They oh. gave me one to show you so you can see why you want to pre-order it. So go pre-order it right now and get your little horse plushie and add it to your collection of your sheep and your cat and your dog and your chicken and whatever else you've gotten for Harvest Moon games in the past. Pig, duck. Did you say dog? <laughs> like an insult. I, I think <laughs> I said duck. duck. There's a duck. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's brown and it's got a white chest. And what there like, isn't is a golem. You have to go to Dragon Age if you want to get a Golem. And Bioware has announced a new DLC add-on called wait, Golem. Wait, you can go to you can play Pokemon if you want a Golem. Yeah, you could do that too. But Dragon Age also has it. It's called a Golems of Amgaric. It'll be on sale August 10th. That's a week before Harvest Moon, and you get your Golem uh, as one. This involves delving through underground dwarven corridors in search of ancient secrets. People Woo. will be able to play. Uh, Golems of Amgaric with a character from Origins or Awakening, or create a new high-level character. As usual, there will be rewards for completing the add-on that will transfer to a main Origins or Awakening campaign. Oh, it's so- a little odd, because you got a pretty... I mean, by the time you finished Dragon Age, you, you had a lot of golem time. So it was like this yeah. whole big golem quest, and you had your extra golem character, and now it's like more... I don't know. Wasn't the golem quest just- part of that character's add-on? The, I'm, I'm with Manny on this. I mean, you, you get a Golem storyline party member, but then also as part of the main quest, you like go to a place where Golems are made. Oh, and do you? They okay. can even join your party depending on how you choose. Yeah, but you can have more Golems join your so, party? Like, there are, there's a lot oh of Golem gosh. background and history part of your game. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, how could there in be? This world, in, they could have you can have so two Golems things. in your party? No, you can have a Golem. No. You can have a Golem in your party. Well,. You can have an entire golem army when you fight the final boss. Oh, yeah, okay. Right, right. Spoilers. It made the final boss battle very nice for me when all the golems showed up and started beating things up. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I'm with Manny. If you want to make a DLC that really draws people in, I would be more interested in something that, uh, you know, something new that they haven't done yet. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Have have like um some sort Legion of, of huge dead undead lich lord. Make it like Warcraft three or something. Oh, you know, or just, do something dead, different. You know, those- those dwarves underground, I would have loved to see them get expanded, like a whole little storyline about them. What it's like to be a recruit in the Legion of the Dead, or... There's, there's just so many stories that could have been done. Actually, I thought that was the least fun part of the game for me, was going through the dwarf caves. For whatever reason, I thought the dwarf caves were all kind of monotone and boring. I mean, of course, the dungeons in Dragon Age, I thought, were too big anyway, but the dwarf caves were got really slow for me. So downloading content to make more dwarf caves with more golems is, you know... Maybe they, maybe they took that into mind, into mind when they made this. Yeah, but I don't know point, the details about it. It's just from the name and from what they're saying. It just doesn't, you know. I, they said dwarven ruins to me, and I was immediately hooked. So maybe uh, it's just a matter of taste. At this point, I think I'm waiting for um, just I'm just waiting for the game of the year edition that has the expansion and all the DLC in one package. 
So, Victor, are you going to get this DLC? Or are you hooked in the kind of way that now you're hooked on reading about it? Uh, no, I, I'm probably going to I'm going to purchase this as soon as it comes. Well, do you out. know details about it? Because I mean, all I've read is the synopsis for it's like more caves. No, I I have not gotten burned by. I don't know. I, I've really enjoyed the DLC that Bioware has put out. And did that, you play? Hmm. I was going to say, did you play Liliana's song? Liliana's song, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I did the Mass Effect stuff too. Um, I, I don't know why that DLC gets so much hate. <laughs> I really don't. Um, but so I have know. other stuff to play, and I don't need to give them chunks of five dollars anymore. I don't yeah, know. but that, I mean, that doesn't make them bad. Mm-hmm. You know? I have no problem with DLC it's just, it's like just this. So it's... late from when the game launched, it's like who cares anymore? That's it. I don't what? think people understand why does that Mass the Effect 2 DLC? The game's been out nine months. Yeah. Mass Effect's been that... out for six months. Yeah, but that Mass Effect, I was done Mass Effect like in a month. I don't need DLC now. I need a DLC then. Well, it's for people who are more interested in replaying and stuff. If you're yeah. one and yeah. done with your gaming, then you're right. There's no point in DLC for you. But not, not every gamer is like that. I yeah, I mean, I still, like back. the other day, I played through Half-Life again, just because. <laughs> um, you know, I so, agree. I wish I, I wish I bought less games, just so I could enjoy, like, some of the ones I have, just, like, lying around. Because mm-hmm. a lot of games deserve, like, just some extra attention. So, basically, everyone's saying they don't have time to play RPGs uh, in the full extent right now, right? There's just too many games. Well, you know what? There's a developer who's taking care of that for you. They're called... Uh, uh, I don't know what they're called. They're called Tiny Cat in the Box developer Games. developer number six. Cat in the Box <laughs> Games. So that's an awesome, like, uh, Schrodinger's cat reference, I guess. <laughs> it's called Fight Angry Squares the Action RPG, or Fastar, <laughs> which is a great... Fastar! I want to go Fastar! It's for the iPhone, and you fight uh, you fight tiny squares, fight angry squares, apparently. It's 99 cents, and if you want to procrastinate, you can go check it out on the, on the App Store. Look for Fight Angry Squares, colon, The Action RPG, Chris, um, and Chris, we've got a trailer it, up on the website. Is this on Android? If not, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure G-Dog Tuck will let us know if it's on Android or not. So, has somewhere he really needs to go to be and nothing will get oh so this guy needs to get somewhere really quick and there's squares in his way so he's gonna go fight them so it's a fast rpg it's, so i guess it's if just you a like happy, a silly game you know, yeah. it's kind of is this like half minute hero okay i, I assume of, so i think it's one long level and all you do is run right by tilting back and forth and you choose and, like three categories to level up and stuff when you're level yeah, and, and all your enemies are squares but it's all tongue-in-cheek so like it'll be like yellow square and then later on you find the bigger <laughs> yellow square and then there's like stronger bigger yellow square <laughs> wait, wait, in wait, the wait, trailer wait, he gets wait, a free say, car <laughs> when you say fighting squares are we talking about like like guys in business suits no like no, the square no. like the we're shape. talking about the, the geometric shape geometric shapes oh i thought it was like this like hipster pro hipster game <laughs> yeah, but don't forget, we're changing our review rating to colors by shapes. So, you know, maybe Manny, the square game will get an orange squiggle. Manny, you need to invent a game like that where it's nothing but you killing squares. I'm pretty sure you could find something like that on Newgrounds. I just go down to the Boom Club on Sunset. This looks like it is from Newgrounds, honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that's, it's on your iPhone. It's a buck. And you know what's on your iPhone in three bucks? It's, so I think that's a better deal than this next one because this one you probably own, like, 14 copies of among various remake collections, Shining Force. And it's the not Genesis that great title. to begin with. Ooh. Shining Force is two ninety nine. It's on the App Store now. 
So if you want to play Shining Force and you don't own it 45 different ways or you just want to play it on the go, you can get your centaur, elf, um, fawn, human, whatever else joins your party action on in Shining Force. Is this actually I, a good port? I think this is interesting. Is I think this is phase one of something becoming a viable gaming system. Is First, you get nothing but ancient ports and super casual games like Attacking Squares. Yeah. And then phase two is like more real games. So even though I don't have an so iPhone... Where's the, wait, wait. Well, so this is still phase one then, is what you're saying. I think phase two already happened. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, is evidence of phase me. one. I, <laughs> I was going to I have yet to see a game on the iPhone and I'm like, I wish I could play that if I had an iPhone. That's uh, never happened. Yeah, like a big budget Square Enix RPG. What Chaos I've Rings? Never seen Chaos yeah, but I've that's never that's like the yeah, that's a derivative game that you could get on other systems. And I mean, is the is the iPhone? I mean, as far as the the perception and the industry as a whole, is it really a car? Like, is it something that people consider alongside the PSP and the DS? No. Uh, no, yeah, it's killing so. those yes platforms. And, yeah, a yes and no. Like, there's actually been a couple articles. Yeah, exactly about how the iPhone might end up killing the PSP and the DS. What? Yeah, I, I know it's not servicing <laughs> well, not our market, DS. right? I know well, it's not servicing our market, but the idea is that people have this with them all the time, and they're going to put their money into this. And when they look at the PSP, they're like, you know what? If I really need something to play, I've got my iPhone on me. I'll just bring that instead. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet. That's because yeah, the I mean, next system, you know, because the next system hasn't come out now, and I think right. we're going to see I mean, it the death when PSP two comes out. I'm just saying this is phase one of something like that happening, and there are many phases. Right, right. exactly. So, you know, I Do think you... the concern is actually pretty universal, and a lot of people are playing sort of wait and see. But, I mean, a lot of even RPG companies are jumping on board with the iPhone because, I mean, the the targeting the casual market works. As much as the hardcore people whine and complain about how they're not being catered to, I mean, the whole the, the DS was the casual market, and it worked. Right. But I mean, would you pay fifteen dollars for an iPhone game? Uh, well, how much or was twenty right? or thirty? I have paid. I have paid fifteen dollars. And Chaos Rings feel... is like eight ninety nine or something like that. Right. Oh, there was a price or was drop. It twelve ninety nine? Something like that. Twelve ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine, and it's yeah. not worth twelve ninety nine, but. Well, right. I mean, that, that's but my I mean, point. They put it out at that price, and it's sold. Well, okay, it, it, you know, compared to a PSP game, yes, it's absolutely worth twelve ninety nine, no problem. But compared to iPhone games, it seems like I could spend my money on a number of other games and get more total fun. So it's, mm-hmm. it, the value yeah, proposition the is so is hard on the iPhone. iPhone. The App Store in general, that's the big problem. The economics of the App Store don't make much sense for, like, big retail, the kind of big retail experiences that we want. Yeah. We need to we get people to pay they accept, $40. Yeah, we need to get people to accept to pay money for games that are worth money, and that's just so hard to do with the, the economy that's sprung up here. Well, well you know, it's funny. I mean, I have one great example games. right here. Is, um, uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, Chinatown Wars. $30 game, $40 game on PSP, right? $30 on PS. Sold for yeah. ten bucks on the App Store, and it did really, really well. And I mean, if that's the precedent that you're, it's the exact same game, but if you um, you get it for ten bucks on the App Store, why would you ever buy it on the PSP or the DS? Hmm. You don't oh, have an iPhone. That, you would need to have an iPhone, right? Who's I mean, uh, and and works? people have said who I've heard that actually play all three versions that the iPhone one is the weakest. Oh, Who's but for ten bucks, and, you wanna, and like you said, you just want to play it here and there. Yeah. So I've downloaded the Shining Force on the iPhone, and you can okay. hear the music sounds just like the Genesis version. So it's just running an emulator, obviously. Um, I'll show it to the chat room. Oh, so I, can... I love that music. Mm-hmm. So you bought it just now, just to play the music. You're not actually going to play the game. 
Oh, right. I'll try it. It, it. I usually get to the second battle in Shining Force and give up on it, is how it works. <laughs> yeah, because in Shining Force, particularly if you play the original unbalanced one, you basically have to do the first couple battles two or three times to get up enough levels. <sighs> and I think most people don't realize that you can grind in that game. Oh, that's right. You told me there's a better version of this game on GBA, isn't there? Yeah, the game. And I really should go track that one down instead. (laughs) I got to stop buying this remake is what I got to do. Yeah, like, I love the original game, and I gave the remake five out of five. Sega, thanks you for your donation, Chris. I know, that's what I just did. I just gave Sega three bucks. (laughs) uh, Anna and Kiro, you guys said, like, how many people own an iPhone? I guess... We should stop saying iPhone and start saying like iOS devices because I, I think there's like well over 20 million you iOS know what? devices. I'm sorry. Before. Being in the IT industry, I refuse to say iOS devices because iOS is what runs Cisco's routers. But um... I, I, the iPhone OS. <laughs> okay. Better. But I mean, if I say iPhone, I mean, gener- I mean generic oh, Apple yeah. system that can run this shit. Oh, well, in that case, like, well, 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 like 30 million. Okay. I mean, Apple I, stuff I think the, that can run the crap that's being sold on the ice on the on the store. Yeah, like thirty million. Okay, but that again, that's not everybody. Plus, and that thirty million count, people. counts people that buy five iPhones. So really, right. it's like six million. Number one, you have people with thirty million that, iPhones. You know, they've bought an iPhone over and over and over again for every generation. Number two, Crazy. you get ish, you get things like. The husband and the wife and their two teenage children that all have iPhones, but they only have one DS. Hmm. So, just relatively speaking, I think hmm. you're going to see more iDevices per household than you find consoles and handhelds. I, I just think that the number um, of people who own an iPhone who would be willing to pay significant amount of money for games it's just not there to encourage bigger developers to put right some time but i think the point really is is that they shouldn't be charging a significant amount of money because the game quality is going to suffer then and then you you just left with three dollar games that are just kind of eh. yeah but the ten dollar chinatown game which was crap sold awesome mm. I, and to be honest it wasn't that crappy it was good enough I mean, for the price, especially with, like, a good enough. Right, and I mean, you know, you guys laugh, but that's a very telling statement. It's good enough. I'm just sorry. If there are multiple versions of a game and one is the good enough version and one is the good version, I'm going to get the good version. All right. I'm not going to be like, I need to go buy an iPhone now for all my good enough versions and ports. Who's going to go buy a system just to get the good version? Yeah, and what person that that you know is not a gamer would buy Shining Force? <laughs> the real right. question is now: like, how many copies of Shining Force One do you own now, Chris? Now that you've bought this one today? Oh, probably three. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Oh I wait, own no, four. I lost one because my one was part of my GameTap subscription, which I finally got rid of. Um, yeah, you just two. I did. I, I, I think I actually own four. Versions of Shining Force One. Yeah, it's not even there's... that good. Yeah, it is. Shut up! It was my first tactical RPG. I loved it. I have the Genesis cart. I have a CD that has a bunch. Did you say of you have OCD it? when it comes no, to Shining have, Force collection. I have a CD. I don't remember what system it's for. 
<laughs> uh, too bad Jooms isn't here to help me out. Uh, I have the Game Boy version, and I have it on the Wii. I've never played Shining Force 1. I just wanted to hurt you. Seriously? Yeah, I've never played it. Shining Force 1 is currently part of GameTap's premium pack, so four ninety five a month. You know, I would recommend if you want to get Shining Force, get the Sega Sonic Genesis Collection. The Sonic Genesis right. Collection, yeah. But that's what so I either have. Either the 360 or the PS3, because you can get it for like 20 bucks now, and you can get achievements if you care about that or trophies. And you get Shining Force and Shining Force 2 in the same package for like 20 bucks. Really? Plus like 50 other games. Plus 50 other great uh, Sega games, legacy mm-hmm. Sega games. Well then, I'm going to probably own five copies in short order. <laughs> Is there, isn't it also on Steam now? Because I know there's a bunch. Of... Oh, it's, it's, a Sonic it's everywhere. They've old been Sega emulating the thing all over the place. So yeah, be. there's like ten iterations of Fantasy Star One. Oh yeah, the Sonic Genesis Collection has all of the Fantasy Star. It has like it's a pretty good RPG collection if you want to get those old classic yeah, Sega. Too bad Fantasy Sega. Star is crap. Fantasy Star 4 is not that bad. Uh, okay, wait. on Steam, they do not have Shining Force. Check for the Genesis Collection. Uh, they have the Sega Genesis Collect Classics, which is Altered oh. Beast Comic Zone Crackdown, not the one on 360. You don't want the classic. You Echo the classic. Dolphin, Green Ground, Golden Axe, Shadow Dancer, Shinobi 3, Sonic 3D Blast, Space Harry 2, and Vector Man. Yeah, they don't Vector have Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine? Not on Steam. Oh, Mean Bean Machine is in the the Genesis collection. Yeah. Yeah. The the Genesis collection is what to get. Just pick it up on your Xbox or your PS3 or something, or PS2 or something. That's an awesome game. Yep, 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 yep. Those those beans are pretty hard, though. But, so, you know, I don't think the question, Anna, about, about the games is not if they're good enough. I think the real question is, are they epic enough? And that's the what? question that was asked about the world That's of an important question, Chris. Yeah, that's the question <laughs> they were asking about the, the capacity is not set to 11. Yeah. That it's just so, a failure. So check this out. People were bitching in the Cataclysm beta forums, as they are wont to do, because that's what you do on Blizzard's forums. You complain about stuff. Um, oh, dude. You should see the complaining and the bitching in the StarCraft forums. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. All right. Are um, you kidding me? The StarCraft forum bitching has rolled over onto the World of Warcraft site. Awesome. Because there's there's like five topics every day in the I suggestions forum about StarCraft 2 on the WoW suggestion <laughs> forums. Well, there's a Tauren in StarCraft 2. I know. <laughs> All right. But this news story awesome. has so a picture. Anyways, anyways. Is, that a, is that a picture of a person riding a dinosaur? You'll see. Now we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. So here's the thing: the Cataclysm forum. Somebody posted that the the Maelstrom which is like the whole new big middle area that's like all this crazy stuff apparently is going on. I think it's, it's a, a new zone. is it a leveling zone? Is it? Oh a, yeah. Okay. It but it wasn't epic enough. And was somebody from Blizzard? Uh, who is this? The lead designer, lead world designer Alex F. Efrasiabi, who has a name I can't pronounce, says, maybe I missed the memo on levels of epicosity or something, but I'm pretty sure the Maelstrom is a class 10 epic zone, though I guess it is missing sharks with laser beams patrolling the waters and Arthur Fonzarelli jumping across it with water skis. Uh, and dinosaurs. Hey. That's a reference. What and is a it? dinosaur. What, what, what is, where, did he, where did Fonz jump across stuff with water skis? Who cares? Oh, you, Chris, you don't know? That's where you get the term jumping the shark. Oh, really? That's because in one in that last season, Fonzie literally jumped over a shark on water skis, and that's when everyone said, "My God, this show is terrible now." So that's when you get the phrase, "This show jumped the shark." Oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Thank you, Manny. 
<laughs> did you just make that up, Manny? No, that's if actually you true. did, then I would totally the believe you. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then a little bit later he, later, he posted again. After reading this post, I called for a meeting with top, top men. That's two tops. In order to figure out a solution to the problem at hand. Frankly, I think we hit a home run. The next 4.0 build, or the one after, should have a maelstrom that's between 10 to 50 times more epic than what currently exists. Buckle yourselves into your computer chairs, or face being blown away. And uh, the WoW.com commenter says, as sure enough as promised, this latest beta build has turned the epic dial up to 11 where the maelstrom is concerned. Flying around it is Epicus Maximus, paragon of epicosity, a level 90 elite shark who's being ridden by an elite rare devil star named Andadinosaur. That's his name, quote, and a dinosaur, unquote. Riding a rocket and manning a laser beam. And the dinosaur himself is being ridden by an undead mage playing guitar who's named Rock-On. I love this. So you bitch about epicness in your game, and you get a ma- a mage riding a dinosaur, riding a rocket that has a laser beam, riding a shark. He's level ninety, and he he's your friend. He won't kill you. So, go hang out with him in the maelstrom right now. Is he just for the beta? Or is that going to be a permanent? Thing? I, I hope it's permanent, but it's probably just <laughs> for the beta. They just they just brought a bunch of character ma- models and jammed them together and threw them out in the zone. They fly around in a circle. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's now, now 50 Fonzie, times more epic. No, no, no. Will a, will, a, will a night elf in a leather jacket at some point jump over the shark? Yes. All right, so this is for the hunters out there. Hello, hunters. Look at your pet. Now back to me. Now back to your pet. Now back at me. Sadly, it isn't me. But if it weren't a tenacity pet, it could DPS like me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're at the maelstrom. With the devil star, your pet could DPS like. What's in your hand? Back at me. I have it. It's an epic gun with two rare vanity pets. Look again. The vanity pets are now hard mode raid mounts. Anything is possible when your pet DPS is like and a dinosaur and not a tenacity pet. I'm on a shark. <laughs> So that's that's one of the comments in that particular post on WoW.com. So go check that out. It's in our delicious feed. I love this. Just If you're into Warcraft at all, that's just, just a great thing this week. Um, and that wraps up our news section, and I think it's time. Michael Cunningham sent us in an audio impression of E7, and I'm wondering if you all would like to hear it. Sure, as long as he doesn't yeah. jump the shark. I don't <laughs> think he jumps a shark. Nope. All right. <laughs> Greetings, RPG Cast listeners. This is Michael Maxstorm Cunningham coming to you today with my impression of E7 for the PlayStation Portable. This is the latest offering from Exceed Games. It will be coming out August 17, 2010. It was developed in Japan by Falcom, mostly known for the E series and for the Legend of Heroes series and other games such as Brandish and Guruman and... I probably butchered that, but that's okay. And other series that may or may not have made it over here throughout the years. Uh, the E-Series is a long-standing series that's been around since 1987, was initially a PC-developed title, and since then has seen many, many entries in the series, not all of which were developed by Falcom. But Falcom has brought us back with an original game exclusively for the PlayStation Portable, not ported over or handled by any other developer. And this latest game I just got in my hands just a few days ago and have been playing quite a bit of since then. 
it's a very very fast and exciting action RPG typically I'm not a diehard fan of action RPGs but there's something about this one that seems very appealing uh, the combat's very swift um, everything's very responsive there's little to no lag it's not just constant button mashing there's uh, unique skills that each character has one of the best parts about the game is the fact that there is a party uh, it's not just the main character Adal that is going through and chopping people up and chopping enemies apart um, he actually has party members that are here to help him this time and not only that they're not just AI controlled but they are also uh, player controlled if you want you can swap between him and any of the other party members that he has at the time. Uh, he can have up to three in the party at a time, including himself. And there's other characters that can be swapped in uh, to the party throughout the game. Uh, it's just a quick as a button press to cycle through all the different characters. Each character has their own unique type of combat. And uh, it's just really fast and a lot more engaging than most action RPGs that I've played. Uh, just the combat, it's completely user-friendly um, to do skills. You just hold down the L trigger and press a button to whatever uh, button you've assigned your specific skill to. Otherwise, you're you know, pressing X to attack. You can press square to roll around, and you can press O to change characters. Um, you're not forced to use the analog nub, which is nice. It does give it as an option, but you also have the option of using the directional pad. So for those that can't stand the analog nub, that's a good thing. Um, there's really just a lot that makes this game very accessible and very user-friendly. Um, there are no save points throughout the game because you can save anywhere in the game, which is very nice. There are special pillars that you can find throughout the world that will restore your health and act as a uh, restore point. And these restore or retry points, actually. These retry points will allow you to restart from them if for some reason you die and forgot to save your game. So that's very nice too. And how difficult the game is, it really depends on which difficulty option you select. There's four that you can pick from, Easy, Normal, Hard, and Nightmare. Uh, those that know me know I'm Easy Street, so typically I choose the Easy option. Um, but it's good to know that there are more than one option in this case. So your mileage may vary and difficulty will vary depending on what you select. So there's just a lot of good things to say. It's probably one of my favorite action RPGs that I've played just for the little amount of time that I've played it because the combat seems so fun. Uh, I love having a party that you can swap between, not just having a main character and generic party members that swap out or that are all AI controlled. Um, Whenever you do kill enemies, uh, they toss loot everywhere, and your party members will run and pick up the loot for you. Uh, you can synthesize items, buy new items with all the stuff that you collect. It's just an all-around pretty decent action RPG, and it's a good introduction, I'd say, for the E-Series. And I can see why XE brought this one over first. Hopefully they'll be able to bring in some new fans with this one, because you don't really have to be familiar with the series to play and enjoy this though I'm sure fans of the series will enjoy the little side things that they put in here and the little Easter eggs that you can have if you have been a long-time fan. So that's all I had to say about E7. Just thank you and uh, continue to keep an eye out on RP Gamer for our review, which will be out at release.
All right. Thank you, Michael, for that impression of Ease 7. So, like you said, check out. We'll have a review up soon, I hope. Um, and, well, he, and he has an impression up on the site, too. He, yeah, he, he wrote to one up. Read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So check Is he reviewing it? Uh, I guess so. Either that or he'll be sending it off to someone else to review. I don't know what yeah. he's doing this time. But you know, we've got it, and we're working on it to get you the info that you need to know if you want to buy it. Um, so I guess that's Max pick for the week. <laughs> What's uh what's everyone else's pick for the week? Who wants to lead off for us? Nobody. Kiro, do you have a pick for us this week? I do. Ooh. I have recently gotten back into playing League of Legends. Ah. Um now there's a short version and a long version. A short version of what League of Legends is. If you've played Defense of the Asians, it's that same team but better. Uh if you haven't, it, it essentially takes the hero concept from Warcraft 3 but removes the RTS part. Um, instead of managing troops you, you just manage your champion and at, at the same time there's minions um, constantly pouring out of the two opposing teams bases. Now you have a number of turrets and at, at your base there's a thing called an inhibitor which um, the goal, the goal of the game is to take it down. Now, it is free to play. There are 55 champions, I believe, uh, which you can buy with points that you get in-game. They also have um, a store where you can purchase, uh, you know, with real money, um, riot points, which is basically their currency. Now, with that, you can buy the equivalent of a collector's edition, uh, which includes 25 characters. Um, it's... It's a really interesting game, and I think that there's really no reason not to try because it's free. Uh, there's a ton of strategy that goes into it, uh, but if you manage to get a couple of friends uh, to, to, to get with you, get on Skype, uh, play a game, you sh- I don't know, I always have, I have, I've been having such a blast. Uh, I've been short on money lately, so I decided to try a free game, and yeah, I mean, anybody wants to look me up, I'm the amazing Vic. Uh, with spaces, <laughs> and yeah, it's it's just a very good game. Have any of you tried or heard anything about it? Yeah, thanks, Ryan Scott. <laughs> what? Because Free PC games that require friends to enjoy is kind of a lot of things I don't touch. They, I mean, they don't require friends. You can play solo. It's just that it is a team game, and you will. Get, it's kind of like Counter Strike. You play Counter-Strike by yourself, you can have fun, you can waste time. Uh, if you play it with a clan, it, it, you f- it's a much different experience. I, yeah, I hated playing Counter-Strike solo. I only played with friends. But I, I had friends back then, so it wasn't a problem. Right. Um, well, you know, I mean, I, I just got on, and the community is actually surprisingly friendly. After games, everybody, you know, just congratulates each other. I've gotten people adding me to their friends list, both on my team and the opposing well, of course team. you're famous, man. Everyone knows who you are. Uh, amazing Vic. I am. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's it's a pretty cool community. Does your it's, performance it's, live up to your name? Always. Um, <laughs> <laughs> In I, every I way. Have, yeah, I, I have a pretty terrible ratio. Right? I mean, I, I think I, I've won 17 games out of 30. Um, so, you know, it's kind of middling. But, yeah, I... I, I, I that would be an F if that was, you know, a grade in school. <laughs> I wholeheartedly that'd be a bad Metacritic it. score. That'd be a one out of one point five. That's that's okay. That's for failure me. in life. That's what that is. <laughs> but yeah, that's my pick. I I I love that game. Nice. Been having a lot of fun. 
So, um, did you share your name? Did so I people share my, can yeah. find you? And, okay. The Amazing Vic with the Spaces. Amazing Vic. <laughs> we said it twice. All right, I'm just making sure. The, okay, you know what's going on is people in the chat room linked me all these Happy Days scenes now about uh, Fonzie <laughs> jumping the shark, and now I've, they've got me watching all these Happy Days yes. moments. You've, you've been it's watching Vic. Happy Days for about 10 minutes now. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's very <Great>. distracting. <laughs> The Fonz is awesome, apparently. All right, so, except when he jumps sharks. the uh, My pick of the week is um, going to be later. So first we'll talk about Glenn's. Mm. <laughs> the only game I've played this week is uh, Etrian Odyssey 3, which I beat last night. You uh, haven't told us about it, though, have you? No, no, I haven't. So tell us about did this you... sucker. Uh, I don't know, do you guys have questions? It kind of... Mm. I don't know. Is it fun? You're just rambling. Your game is awesome. How awesome is your game? Yeah. How, how are the so, uh, graphics? Are they are they striking? Uh, actually, Did you use no. blast processing. <laughs> well, we'll start off on something negative then. No, I don't. I don't think the game looks that great. I think I was expecting. So in Shimigami Tensei Strange Journey, which is also a first-person crawler, there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, and the the settings for a first-person crawler that is on the DS and in 3D were pretty good. You could recognize where you were, some of the settings. Like, one of the, one of the dungeons is supposed to be, like, a mall, and they're, like, escalators you can see in the background and people going up and down. So, uh, you know, it felt more like a living, breathing environment. So I was sort of hoping that they would do that in Etrinasi 3 since it's the same company making the game, but they didn't. So it's still, like, static, smudgy, pixely trees in the forest area and, and so on and so forth. So the visuals, uh, no, I would say, or I kind of want to pop back in EO2 because it... it EO3 looks a little worse than I remember EO2 looking. So maybe maybe when they push this game out kind of quick, the visuals were where they took a step back. But uh, on, on more positive stuff, I, I do think, uh, and I guess, I don't know how review-like I can get with my speech. I guess Atlas won't care as long as I'm somewhat positive and not that they listen to this anyway. But like, <laughs> I, I, would, I would say that EO3 is better than EO1 and EO2. Not, not like slap you in the face so much better and it's awesome and amazing, but I, I think it's better. My main qualm with EO2 was that I thought it was too hard just for the sake of being too hard. And EO1 was fun, but then they've made a lot of interface tweaks since then. So of the three games, you know, EO3, it has Etrian Odyssey 2's you know, better interface. It has Etrian Odyssey 1's gameplay balance, which I like. It's still it's not an easy game, but it doesn't. It isn't like you're tearing your way through a stratum and then all of a sudden you reach the boss and the boss deals, you know, attacks your, has an attack that hits all five people in your party and does more damage than their max HP. And you just have to stop and grind or stop and learn new skills or stop and buy new equipment. That happened to me once in the game where I hit a boss that I, uh, I, I kind of had to stop and replan my party to beat him. And uh, it was one of the earlier bosses in the game. And after that, it was kind of smooth sailing. So is it too easy or is it just too e- easy for people who have played previous games? I got game overs. It wasn't easy. And I brought into it, you know, the experience of it's the same gameplay as EO1 and EO2. So, you know, you know, you know, if you walk into a new floor and there's an immediately an FOE standing across from you chasing you, don't fight it. You know, run away. So things like that that I've, you know, that I've learned that seem like common sense, I probably averted some game overs. There was one FOE I was never able to kill every time I, it's late in the game, every time I goofed. I was watching TV once and wasn't paying attention to what I was doing, and I ran into him, and every time I did, he killed me faster than I could run away. So, I mean, there's still tough battles in the game. You know, and that was with my endgame party. It was never able to beat that one FOE. So, no, it's still, it's still tough. They did, not, they did not dumb it down at all. But uh, it's, it's more about, like, balance. You know, mm-hmm. like, 
the difference of whether you have to stop and just spend 10 hours building up a new character and getting better armor and and harvesting minerals, or can you just kind of keep playing and slowly progress? And uh, that's what I thought EO1 did well, and that's what EO3 does too. So it's tough, but the the difficulty curve is uh, is right. And uh, so I think it works as a good entry level to the series, whereas I would never have said that about 2. So if you haven't tried the series before, you don't have to go find EO1 for however much it sells for. You can just go up right into 3. There's no, you know, the plot doesn't matter between the three games. They're, they're very separate. And you know, it's, it has all the tutorial-ish stuff in the beginning that eases you into it. And the the other big difference is the game is much deeper as a whole. The class system is a lot better, but so shorter, the class, right? The game's shorter. Is that what you said? Yeah, right. You're yeah, saying... there are fewer floors in it, which I, I found out when I beat it. So uh, yeah, there are fewer floors. It's still a long game. I mean, oh. there's no game clock, but I would say over a hundred hours, considering uh, I played it on several plane rides, several hotel nights, and then a few weekends where I played it when I wasn't working. So. Uh, it's definitely over a 100-hour game just wow. for the main quest. Wow! So it's they didn't they they chopped out what they did was they changed it so instead of five floor strata it's four floor strata, which which helps with the pacing a lot. You're not running down five floors at a time; you're only running down four. And when you're doing a lot of back and forth, it made a big difference so that the pace was a lot quicker. And so there's still five strata; they're just a floor is missing from each. So it never dragged. That was a, a problem I had in EO1 and 2 was there are parts where the game dragged. EO3 feels like the right length and the pacing is right. Because in the, the deeper class system helps a lot too. Because uh, if you want to reconfigure reconfigure party, a problem with EO1 and 2 is you had to make a new character from scratch. If, let's say, you suddenly realize you needed a new front row attacker. In EO3, you can subclass people. So if you realize halfway through the game you've screwed up and you need to deal more damage, you could just subclass someone as a fighter. And now you have access to full fighter skills. So it I only had to retrain a new character from scratch once, and that was when I unlocked a class about a third of the way through the game, and I wanted to use it. So I only raised from scratch one character midway through the game. And so that, that saved a lot of time, too. Now, how hardcore are these games? Do your characters get old and die on you if you take too long? No, <laughs> no. So it's not like wizardry. Okay. No, no, it's not, it doesn't have that wizardry, or even, I think Might and Magic kind of did that, too. They don't, no, they don't, it doesn't keep track of their age, they don't. Okay. It doesn't have, like, even, like, Class of Heroes had the thing where, you, if you try to bring someone back to life and it failed, they like became more corpsey. And if you tried a second time and it failed, they turned to ash and died forever. And oh. they were in the game. It does not do that. <laughs> Class of Heroes does that. Yeah. Ugh. That's why I, I always save before I try to resurrect people. Ugh. I'm not hardcore enough to let my people get permanently turned so to dust. What happens if they become more corpsey and then you raise them and they come back? They're fine. They're fine. But then the next time they die, will they turn to ash? Nope. Oh, okay. it has to be two failed ones in a row. Okay. And they turn to ash and they're gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> so no, EO one's not that hardcore old school. But it's you still have to keep track of a map, though, right? You so yeah, you draw the map. Is that annoying? It's fine, you know. I mean, it, I like it because it kind of gives you something to do during battles. You know, you can enter in your commands and then catch up on the bottom screen, drawing the map up to where you are. Okay. And uh, I got stuck in the game twice. One of the times was I screwed up drawing the map. I drew a wall where there was a door somehow and then spent a few hours trying to figure out where on earth to go next and then <laughs> happened to run by the wall that uh, was instead a door and that was where you're supposed to go next. This so that wall was is a door. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you can screw up drawing the map like me and then waste a couple hours trying to figure out where to go next. All right. Cool beans. That's it for my ramble. No, guys, that's fine. Thank you for fun. that. That's that looks like a good choice for people. When does that come out? Do you know? 
into September, and I think the review embargo was uh, September 1st. All right, so look for a review in a month. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, this wasn't a review. No, this I'm was doing not a, a review. I'm doing a new game plus now, so uh, I, I didn't check the extra floors the first time through, so I'll check the extra floors this time. So it'll be easier because you get to keep your characters, or does it become you keep everything? Yeah, okay. the only way to get the true ending is to do a new game plus. Oh my I gosh! I was able to find an English walkthrough of the true ending, so I'm hoping I figure it out on my you own. You have to play two hundred hours to get the true no, ending. No, 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 no! You keep everything. Everything you keep. The okay. only thing that you don't keep is the just the main quest progress. So I restarted with you know level seventy characters with in-game equipment. All the shops inventory was unlocked. You keep all your characters. So it took me about two hours to get maybe a third of the way through the game last night in a new game plus. And I was oh. taking my time. Okay. But you have to like so yeah, make not... choices and kill stuff right to get the f- real ending or something? Yeah, we'll see. The, the plot is better in EO3 than it was in the first okay. two games. It's still very light, but mm-hmm. it was it was actually interesting. It was it yeah. was an interesting plot. What did the and as usual for games that have the true ending, the not true ending was pretty sad and depressing. So I'm hoping I find the true ending and get something a little happier this time. I'm sorry, but your princess in another castle? Yeah, I hate that stuff. It's more like, sorry, but now the princess is dead and everyone will be dead forever. You've ruined the world and it's going to explode in a year. Want to start here's a cookie. Right. So that's the basic story? That's like the run-up? Uh, no, I just made that up. That's not the story. It's like. <laughs> yeah, so what is the basic story? Um, you can. So the basic story is you're on an island in the middle of the ocean, and the city used to be huge, but it was sunk to the bottom of the ocean 100 years ago during the Calamity, and you're being sent into the labyrinth underground to find the underground city. Did the calamity happen in either of the other two games? No, no, no. It happened when Deathwing emerged from. Oh. Yeah, when... <laughs> Wrong game. But about of maybe a fourth, a third of the way through the game, you kind of end up. There are kind of two factions. There's the faction in the above ground city that's left, and they like lie to you and they're mysterious, like the people in charge. And then there's the people in charge of the city that sank, and they kind of lie to you and deceive you, and they both kind of <laughs> give you quests to do. Yeah. And you have to pick between the two. Like, do you trust the above-ground people to do what they want you to do? Or do you trust the sunken city people and do what they want you to do? So you kind of get to choose who you get to align with. So I think there's two not-true endings, depending on who you pick. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you have to do to get the true ending on the next playthrough. Awesome. I'm going to align with the person I didn't align with the first time and see if that magically makes a true ending. I don't know. Maybe you'll have to play it a third time. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust land, people. I'll tell it's you a, that right now. To make up your your own new race by all the characters you create through all the various playthroughs and have them do missions for them. But so, it, it is kind of. It didn't feel like those are right choice because both both the leaders they're kind of, they're both kind of shady and they're both kind of mysterious. And then you have to pick what one to align with before you really know what either one wants. So. There's probably like, a monster you're supposed to recruit who tells you, uh, not recruit, I don't know, but negotiate with or something, and, and you give them a, a peach, and then they, they open up this whole new faction to you or something. Uh-huh. It's an there RPG, is... you know? Yeah, well, they don't usually go that JRPG on you, but I mean, okay. obviously they kind of did by having a new game plus and a true ending, which is was not in the first two Etrian Odyssey games. So. Okay. Who knows? You're right. Maybe I'll have to find a peach on a tree and give it to the demon lord, and that lets me align with him to kill the cities. And that's the happy ending. <laughs> happy. Everyone's happy. Especially the demons. All right. Thank you, Seventh. Uh, Anna, do you have a pick for us? Um, Dragon Quest Nine. There I guess. you go. <laughs> I, I don't know. This, this week has been weird, because I've been playing a fair amount of Dragon Quest Nine, And then... <coughs> sorry. 
Um, I ended up getting emails for two different games that I've sort of been dabbling in. The first one is Din's Curse, which is a very indie Diablo uh, style game. Where do people? I actually find recommended this? it to someone on the forums. Hmm? Where do you find Din's Curse? Uh, let me just pull up. Because uh, I want to make sure I get the Earl right. So you know we had two reviews go up this week for Dragon Quest Nine. Are we talking about them at the end of the cast, or are we pretending like they didn't exist? Uh, that's no. We've already reviewed Dragon Quest Nine on the show. I didn't know what yeah. the point of talking about it more was. Uh, not the so, us review, not the real review. It's soldak.com, S-O-L-D-A-K, Din's Dash Curse. Well, both were, both both of the C-U-C. reviews on the index are oh. One's a four out of five, one's a three and a half out of five. So I don't know what there is to say about them, though, Seventh. What did you want to bring up? Oh, this looks Apparently, so nothing. Apparently nothing. Okay. <laughs> no, I was going to say, no, you can, you can keep going. I, just, I, I, I didn't know, know what there was to, to mention, about. but yeah. <laughs> this no, looks usually so in the podcast, indie. You, you go over the reviews that were up the week, but I, did, I, didn't, I wasn't on and didn't listen to the Dragon Quest Nine uh, podcast. So no, I, I'm trying to handle reviews a little different. If we don't, you know, if we have something to say about the game, I think that's better than me just reading like the pluses and minuses out of a review. Um, Plus. Yeah. It's good. My well, usually I've proofread the reviews, so you're right. Usually I can go into more detail about what the person said since I. But, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there's much content value in just reiterating what someone said when you can go read the okay, whole thing. Okay. Well, one and get thing interesting to me was neither review, neither review complained about the interface, which the last two Dragon Quest games I played, I hated the interfaces in. So oh. I don't know if I'm leaping to conclusions when I say the interface was better in nine, or. Or if it just so happened that it didn't bother... Uh, it has Mike. a number of improvements, and you can tell they're thinking about it more. It's still got some shortcomings, but they're like... The shortcomings in it are just hardcore Dragon Quest things that they're not going to want to get rid of. Like, you can only save at a church. You have to go to a church to resurrect someone um, unless you get a spell. You know, See, The it, only save at a church thing doesn't bother me. What bothered me was the, like, 20 lines of text you have to see when you resurrect people. Yeah, and, well, like, all that does annoy me. Yes, yeah. eight times. Like, yeah, that I mean, bothers me. I, I should just have an in, an item or something. I don't want to come back. I don't know. But that, that gets better later on in the game, obviously, as you get those abilities yourself. And like in Dragon Quest V, it, it showed a line of text every time you healed someone, each person. So if you healed four people at once, you had to see four lines of text. And you still you... have to do that, but they added a heal all feature. So you select on the menu heal all, and it'll do all the heals for everybody in your party, and you just wait for it to finish. And then you go on and yeah, do Yeah, see, that, do. that just, stuff like that is what I think can go. If you're wasting my time, is that's what can go. And I would so say there's still a lot of time wasting in this game, but the people who are fans of the series, they like that. It's like, these are the things they don't want it to, to lose, so... At least you don't have to select stairs and hit examine or use or anything anymore. Well, I've grown quite fond of my time, and I'd prefer for games not to waste it. <laughs> I agree with you. I'll play 9 eventually. I, did, I liked 8 a lot, so uh, I do expect to like the game. It just it came out at a time when I had other stuff to do, like EO3 and StarCraft 2. So, Anna, what were you saying, though? Um, I, I forgot <laughs> where you were left off. Curse. curse. Din's Curse, thank you. Yeah, I don't know how we got back into Dragon Quest after Din's Curse. Um. So, it's both PC and Mac. You can play it single player, or you can play it co-op multiplayer. So you go to soldak.com slash Din's Curse? Din's Curse. Din's dash curse. D-I-N-S dash C-U-R-S-E. www.soldak.com slash D-I-N-S dash C-U-R-S-E. The D and the C are capitalized. And does that take you there? No, that doesn't take you there. 
No, you can just do soldac.com and it'll click soldac.com and it'll be on the top. Sorry. No. It's their fault. $24.99. So is it any good? I haven't played a ton of it. Okay. So right now, right now, my basic impression is that it has a good idea. It has a bunch of really good ideas, but it feels really indie. It yeah, doesn't it looks have really any sort of polish to it. So I mean, some people that's really important. Some people that's whatever. I, I, like I said, if you haven't played, played like, Sacred Two, you're probably off play, better off playing that. I would assume. No. No. But I hated Sacred Two. Oh okay. When did you? Oh. All right. I, I didn't a, know you'd played it. I had a demo version before the game came out, and it was so full of bugs, I fell through the world and crashed into the walls. Mm. I like. Let's things. not talk about it. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So what is PC Two gaming? Add? Is it is it just Diablo Two, and we should just leave it at that, or is there something new? It, here? Um, it well, there's like the there's class twist. combinations. Okay. And basically, you can mix and match a whole bunch of different abilities. Oh, Diablo, you have classes. to sort of go down the yeah, tree. You're right. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah, I'd like. It does feel, I've, like I said, I've only played it for a couple of hours. It does feel like Diablo, but it's, it feels distinct as well. I'm not describing this very well, I realize. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm going to go on to the other game that I played. But I have to pull up my browser so that I can make sure that I get the right name for this. Because the game name is awesome. It's called Snark Busters. That's what you couldn't f- remember? Yeah. Okay. I was hoping for more syllables than that. No, no, no. Well, it's Snark Busters Welcome to the Club, because this is the first game in the Snark Busters series. You can try this for free. Just search for Snark, S-N-A-R-K, space Busters. You play it for an hour. Or you pay pay 10 bucks for what, Anna? What is this Um, game? It's another hidden object game. Wait, it's by Alawar. You're recommending a hidden object game? Yes. Why are you recommending a hidden object game? Because, well, this is Alawar, and this is the company that I've talked about a few times, and I find that I really like their games. But Snark what else Busters, did they do? What else did they do that you like? They do hidden object games. <laughs> I mean, they do a few. Other What's things. a hidden object game? Is it like Wait. Where's Waldo the game? It, yeah. Oh, not yes, it season, is. Though. They give you something to find, and you have to look around for it and click on it. Right. Except. Um, there's there's more complicated hidden object games than that. And the, f- Snark Busters, for example, is the one that does take a couple of steps further. So you're the daughter of the police commissioner. Your family is disgustingly rich, and you're a huge troublemaker. So the tutorial actually has to that. steal. <laughs> Shut up. The this tutorial actually has you steal the hat of the police officer who lives in the building next to you. Your windows face each other across the alley sort of idea. Mm-hmm. So it is a hidden object game where you need to find different items that are hidden in the scenery. But you're actually not finding whole items. You're finding pieces of an item. And once you put the item pieces together, you can then use that item in some fashion. So, for example, a screwdriver might be split into two pieces of the handle and two pieces of the, like, you know, metal part that sticks out of it and has the screwdriver part at the end. So you pick up... (laughs) No, actually, it's quite fun. So you find the four pieces of the screwdriver and you combine them back together. And then you can use the screwdriver to unscrew the panel that has another piece of another object. When a masochist tells me something's fun, I assume it's torture. <laughs> <laughs> and Victor, to answer your question earlier about how all genres have 
made RPGs. I don't think we've ever had a hidden object game RPG. <laughs> oh, That's what we need. we need. No, we have not. And if we did, I would totally be the first one reviewing it. Oh, Lord. I don't Perfect. even know how that would go. <laughs> I don't either. But okay, yeah, I'll... actually, well, I like this one because number one, the story is actually entertaining. And a lot of times hidden object games are like, my kid has been kidnapped. I'm going to go rescue them. And that is the extent to the story. It is like two lines of dialogue at the start, and you never hear about it again through the rest of the game. And that's just awful. But this actually has like a neat little story to it because um, you all, you end up sneaking out of your room. And then upon sneaking out of your room, you're invited into the mirror world where you are actually searching for the snark. That's the name Snarkbusters. So you end up going through its eight worlds in total, including the tutorial. You don't find the snark, but you get inducted into the snark club. Oh, okay. So this is only the first chapter. Um, And actually, the thing that I really liked about it is the music is fantastic. And I'm like the person that turns off the music and watches a Star Trek episode while I play a game. So for me to say the music is awesome is actually incredibly unusual. To me, it's like the hardest thing to review in a game. I always have nothing to say about it. So that made me very, very happy. So yeah, good game. About five hours. It's a little longer than your typical hidden object game. I'm, I'm still... What do they do that's different than clicking on an object on the screen? You have to click on a lot of Because objects. the point is to... You click on pieces of them. Oh. Yeah. And... Right. From there, it's like if the where's Waldo... So if For it's example, where's Waldo's yeah, where's Waldo's body parts? Throughout the... <laughs> no, because you're not just constructing the body for the sake of constructing the body. Like for example, one of the stages, um, you get dropped in, and there's a train, there's a, a not a caboose, a train engine that isn't working. So you gather stuff on the first map outside of it, and you get together like the coal that you need to run the engine. So you dump the coal in, and you go inside the engine. But the parts, the parts aren't correctly working. So you have to put together the parts, and then you have to figure out where each of them go, and then you have to figure out the order in which you have to turn them on. So it's a puzzle game on top of being hidden object. Okay. So there you go. Does that make sense? It and makes you sense. Do you, you put okay. objects in the caboose and it was hard? Well, no, it wasn't. <sighs> okay. It was an engine, not a caboose. Oh, okay. And it was fun more than challenging. Because you felt really good when it got put together. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Enough. <laughs> Manny. Save us. Manny, do we have a pick? That depends what's your pick. Oh, I think my pick is the same as your pick. Uh, if, if we do have the same pick, I'll pick something else. Is it Spectral Force 1 again? Yes, it's Spectral Force 1 again. No, my pick is StarCraft 2, of course. Oh, well, then, in case, I just, we'll all jump in on your conversation. Exactly. But, but, if, but if that's the case, oh, I will recommend And I'll go to else. sleep. Oh, wait, what? Manny? You're going to recommend, recommend something else? I'll recommend something else, then. What? Um... So recently, I've been uh, checking out the Giant Bomb site. If you know, those yeah. are a lot of the former GameSpot guys who made a new site. Yeah. And the something like over a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, just uh, moved they have to this new building. Yeah, they recently moved to a new building. Anyway, well, they have this, this uh, really interesting video feature that I just discovered. I know late to the party, but it's called Tang. Uh, oh, this yeah. ain't a game where they go in and they review video game related movies or video game movies. And they just sit down, they look at them, and there's quite a few uh, Final Fantasies, Resident Evils. 
I mean, they pretty much cover all the big who's who's of, of uh, bad video game movies. And I thought it was pretty interesting. So it's like go to giantbomb.com slash videos and they're like click on the little tang tab and you can see uh, all of their videos. The most, the most recent one is about uh, War Games, which we all know was an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm clicking what? And Tron. Giantbomb.com plus videos and they have several tabs featured, endurance run events, reviews, yeah. and then you want to click on Tang. Like the, the, Russian, the Russian space This ain't drink. no game. Have you said what game you're talking about yet? I, no. I zoned no. out for a sec. I'm not talking about a game. I'm talking about Giant Bomb's uh, reviews okay. of video game movies. Like Max Payne, The that's Legend of Chun-Li. That's your pick of the week. What yeah, is In not? the Name of the King a, re- a movie conversion? Oh, that's of- the Uwe Boll, the Dungeon Siege Uwe Boll movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. If we can pick random media, then my pick for the week is Kathy Griffin, My Life on the D-List. Oh, it's not random media. It's not, well, there's nothing random about it. I didn't go to well, You need it. to save that random for our Audible sponsorship. <laughs> it's quite related. I, I feel like, you know, uh, I talked to Mac, and he said he really enjoyed that podcast about game developers, and uh, you weren't here for that one. You know, why not? No. It's a pick. It's, if, I mean, if we're coming from Mac Brick Weekly Heritage of, make, of, picking, of picking something and sort of endorsing it. Why not? This is video game related. It's about RPGs. There's reviews. There you go. There's my pick. All right, <laughs> let's talk about StarCraft, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so StarCraft 2 came out. Um, I'm sorry if you're done only caring about RPGs. I think we're done with the show for you. Um, StarCraft 2 is an RPG. It, is it now? It's, it's the more of an campaign. RPG. Yeah. The multiplayer, not so much. Hmm. You're raising your about party. Fighting dragons. Fighting drag? Where, where are you fighting dragons? Well, Hydra kind of, of like dragons. dragons. What? <laughs> are a form of dragon. Oh, okay. Hydralis. Right. Um, so for somebody who really enjoyed StarCraft One's story and stuff, I uh, found a, a YouTube account that had all the uh, the the cutscenes and stuff from the first story and put together, and I watched them over the course of like two to three hours. And that was really Is that fun. before you knew that the game came with a recap in the manual? Um, it the recap is not as good. See, I needed it for Brood Wars. I forgot about how overly complicated and not that good Brood Wars plot was. Yeah, so like you're absolutely the right. Game, the, Star, the StarCraft base plot is better than yeah, the Brood Wars plot. Yeah, they recapped the StarCraft base plot in about a page and a half, and then it took them four pages to do Brood Wars, because Brood Wars was a little overcomplicated and made no sense. Yeah. So. Um. The thing is, StarCraft base plot on its own had a bunch of holes just left wide open, like, well, they didn't resolve this, 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 or this. So well, then they go on with Brood Wars and try to do that. StarCraft and, was like the Matrix, and then Brood Wars was like the Matrix Reloaded and the Matrix Revolution. I don't know if I'd go that far. Here, but... we'll fill the holes with all this complicated junk that makes no sense. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris, w- w- when, you look, when you look for this thing, what did you use search for exactly? Oh, I, Star- I, I got a link to it off of um, Giant uh, – not Giant uh, – Game Informer, so let me get that for you again. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, that, Phil, Phil Kohler put a, put a site up on it. So They exist. I, I forgot. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it for you. But um, no, so so the game's out, and what do you guys think so far? Has anyone, who's oh. played it? Anyone picked it up? Kiro, you're not into StarCraft, right? I am not. I, I've always been more of a Warcraft fan, and that's not a... That's not, saying anything about the quality of StarCraft as a game. It's obviously a good game. I just don't like the... It says more about you as a gamer that based off one game that came out 12 years ago, you don't want to touch the second game. Why would I buy a sequel to a game I didn't like? 
<laughs> well, Warcraft okay. 3 built on StarCraft. Let, let's let Kiro not like it. Um, <laughs> but I'll say, Warcraft 3's gameplay built on StarCraft. So you would assume that StarCraft 2's gameplay will build on Warcraft 3. They don't. I mean, their gameplay has kind of gone between the series. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to play it. All right, <laughs> Manny. If you yes, go to youtube.com slash, let's see if this just works on its own. YouTube.com slash ground zero, but zero is spelled so G R O U N D X A E R O. That'll so, take you Victor, right to his. So, like, Victor, we're like right ten minutes page. into the talk about StarCraft Two discussion, and we haven't talked about the game yet, have we? Yeah, nope. we need to talk about the game. So that's it, your dude. I haven't played it. We're waiting right. for you. Manning. Oh, you haven't played it yet. Oh, you installed it and then I co-opted you for the podcast. Thank you, Glenn. For right. I was playing Starcraft EO3 2. last night instead. Oh, that's right. So uh, anyway, uh, the game starts out. And for those like me who are like totally into the story, know that the narrative style of this game is totally different. So this is this is told um, this first one at least is told completely from Jim Rayner's perspective. The magistrate is gone, and you you, you start off with the you're Jim Rayner and you're in a bar and you're kind of kind of watching out what's going on with that, um, and then it picks up kind of like the first game where there you know you, there's there's a an oppressive human force and you need to deal with them, and uh, that gets you right into the campaign tutorials, the easy missions, and I'm like four missions in so. I have to say the one thing I was worried about with StarCraft 2 is I didn't need to be worried about I can play the single player campaign without dying mercilessly at the hands of the computer. Was that I'm after so you turned happy. it to easy? Um I, I put it on casual just to start because I'd played it on easy on the multiplayer beta and got my butt handed to me. So apparently I can only handle very easy, so well, I went for the easiest I could find. That's different. I mean the campaigns of these type of games usually start out super easy to yeah. ease you in just well, I'm really you know, worried about later on. Because later on in uh in the original Starcraft or even Brood yeah, War it got nasty. Brood War was super, super nasty. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you beat the last mission of Brood War, honestly. But <laughs> I did, but I'm really good at video games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, I remember the last mission taking several tries. Could, yeah, it's you against three other ca- right. computer it's, components it's, it's on Super It's when everyone high. in the world hates you, yeah. and then they all attack you, and you have to fend <laughs> off all the attacks and kill them. Yeah. So um, mm. so far, nothing like that in the campaign, and uh, the casual mode seems to be super easy. In fact, I'm going to turn it back up to normal because it's too easy. So that's always a good sign, and I'm hoping that when it gets super too hard for me, super the hardest, I'll have to turn it back down, but at least I have that option. And, so does uh, it kick you back to scratch again, where mission one is you and three marines, and you have to kill two yeah. zerglings, and yeah, then mission basically. two, they introduce the fire bats. Yes, and it's, it, like it, that. it's exactly like that, yes. See that? I hope the storytelling and the gameplay pulls me in. I mean, I expect to, obviously, I, I bought it on release week. So well, like the it, first mission literally takes you like five minutes, winning. Glenn. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. so there's shorter missions for that. And, and if you push through them, they take even less time. Like, I, I replayed the first mission uh, to see if I could earn more credits to unlock stuff, which you can't. I think, in general, three minutes, real-time so. strategy games stay in what I feel like is tutorial mode for a lot longer than other genres I do. I think this one sticks in tutorial mode for a while. There's 26 missions in the main story. Um, so you'll, I, I assume it'll take to like mission ten or something before you really kind of play in traditional. There are twenty nine missions total, depending on like choices you make throughout the campaign. Oh, okay. Well, the, it gives me possible missions. All right, so there you go. Okay, That's Manny, what do you think about it? I have only done multiplayer so far because I literally, um, I, we had a game night right on yeah, Thursday. Thursday yeah. Night. Sorry, I was on a, I was on an airplane then. I couldn't quite join. I you. was also busy. I'm sorry. Yeah, we could have used you. It was a disaster. But that's a different <laughs> I was story. playing LOL. 
Was it a disaster? But, uh, How many people did you get to play with? Two. Two. <laughs> no. three was it because they were in other game nights? I honestly, I I feel like the Thursday night is a competitive game night, especially when everyone else is playing StarCraft anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all right. This is, we're a small community, and I can imagine that I'll have much better success when Diablo three. Well, what's comes wrong? Out. I mean, how many? I guess do you want with StarCraft? Because I kind of. Just in the original StarCraft, I always liked playing three-player free-for-alls. I thought that was the most kind of chaotic and fun way to play the game multiplayer. I liked That's that true. more than one-on-one. We could have done 4v4s, like four, that kind of thing, four-player four, uh, four free-for-alls. Well, I've already told you, my kind of like whiny, not very hardcore stances, I've never been very fond of really fast initial rushes in StarCraft. And when you're playing a three-player free-for-all, no one is going to Zerg rush you, you know? So... I- I kind of like that it, it kind of institutes part of good strategy is not rushing out submarines and attacking immediately, which I think kind of, you know, it's part of the game, but like that, that was why I didn't like as much in Warcraft 3 against big teams against big teams, is the strategy just throughout the bat is everyone makes a tiny army, everyone goes attacks one person. And that person will probably Hate die. Or crush. Yeah, it just, I, I kind of, that kind of a gameplay, I just, I got tired of it years ago. I mean, I was fine at the start, but, you know, after playing mm-hmm. so many games where it has the same initial setup and there's really no thought to the beginning... Taking the thought and strategy out of the beginning was kind of took away the fun for me. But in three player free for alls, you never really know what people are going to do. Interesting. So, me and Phil tried to play some multiplayer last night. Phil Willis, usually on the show, um, he, he had to work today. Oh, wait, I mentioned that already. Anyway, the, uh, so we, we, we played 2v2 versus the computer. And we put the computer on medium because that's what Phil was comfortable with. I would put it on very easy, but uh, Phil <laughs> wanted to play it on medium. And he said, I can handle the computer on medium. Don't worry about it, Chris. This will be fine. And uh, okay. and then you guys lost four times in a row. Yeah. We lost, and then we lost, and then we lost, and we changed our strategy, and we lost again. Um, I like that it took off. three dead losses before you were like, now's the time for a strategy change. I... <laughs> so we're doing something. Well, we tried to change. Well, we tried... You know, at first, like I'm gonna tank. I'm gonna build up and build up a bit because I'm too weak to rush, and you'll you'll build units and and hold them off long enough, and then and then we'll we'll kill them. Right, you're right? the you're the and typical that, weak link in the two on two. Yes, like, oh, I totally. Your am. job is to protect both of us forever, and yeah. I'll just go right to battle cruisers, and when I'm finally done, I'll wipe out the map, exactly. and then instead you both. Die. Okay. Right. So after that, that didn't work. So then I tried, I'll just build zealots and build zealots and we'll, we'll rush zealots. And you you can build marines and we'll do that. And that didn't work. And pretty much anything you try to do, they counter and they counter faster than you on the computer. I, I don't understand how to deal with it, but... That, that's actually no, they good counter to faster know than that you, the AI is... Oh, oh, oh. You know. Did you do the challenge? The challenges that actually no. teach you how to play multiplayer? No, I haven't. No, no, I haven't. Of course oh, there not. you go. <laughs> haven't had time to do that yet. <laughs> so I mean, that, they're really like, short little missions. And well, I know it's like you have to build everything. I don't know how you're supposed to do this because it's like whatever you pick, they pick the counter for it, and they've got it built before you're even done. And it, we oh, okay. scout people, among other things, yeah. use a comstat or whatever they called it in StarCraft Two, or make an observer, and that's the way I play. You have to watch what your opponent's doing. Mm-hmm. So if you see him starting to counter what you're making, then you would build that counter instead of. Just blindly you have to know all the rings. counters too, which is hard to know at this point for me. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. Well, yeah. I wasn't when I played in the beta. I was kind of not good at knowing what to counter new units. You and know, if you and if you that. start spinning up your production line for one thing, it's hard to adjust too. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, 
So basically, I sucked a lot. And then I switched to Zerg and just said, I'm making Zergling, 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 Zergling. And that worked well for a while. And then they, they built a bunch of fire bats, and that ended that. So, um, that's so not, That sounds like an early game thing. Uh, sure. Were these games not lasting more than 10 minutes? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they were uh, all so 10 to 15 minutes. So when you said you switched to Zerg there. and you did really well until the fire bats came, you meant you had like five solid minutes. I, I mean, it, it went longer than it did before. <laughs> Noticeably longer <laughs> they, than before. It took longer to attack the initial attack? Was Apparently, I don't know. Well, I was able to wipe out like his entire initial attack with my Zerglings, and I was like, oh, that felt good. And then he adapted, and I didn't, and, and so then he wiped no, me out. So- See, I don't know how to adapt after that, so that's I just need to learn more. Do you ever have anything besides circlings? No, I was totally focusing on just getting crap. Your inability to adapt was just just kind of making sense. Yeah, I don't have the ability to adapt. I don't know. Have I mentioned I can't play these games? It's like you don't have the ability to grow. That's not really adapting. Okay. Well, to keep it a little bit more general, let's just. Uh, I just don't so have the ability to play this understand. game well. Does that satisfy it? So, what do you, so Chris, what have you thought of Battle.net so far? The new re- revamp Battle.net 2.0, which is going to be. What a pain uh, in the ass. Our... This new Battle.net makes it so hard to actually just start a 2v2 game with a friend. Like, it, it took us 20 minutes just to figure that out. And, like, we had set up a party, and it turns out, like, actually doing the 2v2 campaign game in a party, like, just wouldn't work. We had to quit parties and then find. do a custom map. It, it was. It's just not laid out well. It's totally non-intuitive. The the mm-hmm. nice part is being able to add um, a real ID. Um, the thing is, everyone only has one StarCraft account right now, so I don't know how much the real ID is helping. But like, then assuming the if he makes a new account, I'll have his new accounts as well. But um, other than that, it's just it's prettier graphics when you logged in. I don't I don't see the appeal of the new Battle.net. I don't know what there is that I'm supposed to like. That's a shame. <laughs> I'm sorry. That that sounds so disappointing. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of features for somebody who can actually play multiplayer in this game that I just can't appreciate. I mean, I get uh, achievements I like, I, now, so the achievements are the fun. Achievement system that. is well implemented, yeah. and you get like rewards uh, to show off your your status with like uh, character portraits and decals for your units. I just don't care about that. I part. still don't get the appeal of achievements, and I know I'm an odd duck in that sense. But uh, goddamn, I I will never understand them. No, <laughs> so it's well, you have to remember that a lot of these achievements are so guiding gameplay in a lot of ways. And sort of like making you realize that, oh, if I do these kind of things, uh... Really? In the beta, they weren't. In the beta, it was more like, win a hundred battles with Terran, unlock a fire battle avatar. Is it better than... (laughs) Are they real achievements? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I mean, I kind of... Victor, I kind of like that. When Warcraft 3 did that, I kind of liked that... It wasn't so much that it showed everyone how awesome I was, but I liked that you could change your avatar to, like, the race you played with the most. It kind of, like, a way of letting people sort of see. I mean, personally, I tend to always play random, but I don't know. I, I kind of like it letting me know immediately that someone has had a, hundred, a thousand victories with Terran. Kind of like, I mean, I'm fine with unlocking, unlocking avatars and stuff. I, it's just the, the idea of achievements. I think the problem is they call it achievements. I don't. It's not like you know on the 360 or the PS3 where an achievement is like kill ten fire bats with one hydrolisk over the course of a game. It's not an achievement like that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like pretty much reaching a status or a tier and then unlocking an avatar that shows you've reached that tier. Yeah, I'm okay with that kind of thing. That they yeah. do the same thing in LOL, which is a really funny acronym for a game, but you know. <sighs> Good stuff. All right, all right, all right. All right. I, I know this is kind of peering off into like nuanced conversation no one cares about. So, Chris, tell me about your collector's edition, your fancy $100 StarCraft collector's edition that everyone is jealous about. 
hundred dollars. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, I got it for. Clearly, there's nothing to say about it. I got it for. So 90. yeah, now that it's in your hands <laughs> and you've unboxed it, does it seem like it was worth a hundred? Oh my gosh. Uh, there's definitely plenty of stuff in here that ju- would justify it. I would think at least as much as any of the World of Warcraft collector edition I bought. But so. Um, <laughs> You yeah. love giving Blizzard. So even though you don't sound enthused at all, you think it was totally worth the money. Like oh happy. my gosh. Uh, how am I supposed to answer when you critique me like that? So, yes, there, you're getting $90 worth of stuff here. Your appreciation of said items will vary. So I've got the game DVD here. I've got, uh, let's see, that's not really part of it. I've got an awesome 2 gigabit, uh, two gigabyte uh, USB drive that's just really well constructed and looks kind of cool to show off to people who would appreciate it and looks really dorky and over the top for people who won't. Um, I've got a but nice. But due to the fact that it only has two gigabytes, it makes sure that it will always be a collector's piece and never use. Uh, that is two used. gigabytes Star- are big enough to stuff. use. You can fit a DVD on there. What? Seventh, it is used. The original StarCraft anthology is on that. Is on that. Uh, the original I mean, you'll, StarCraft you'll never one and two use is it. On you'll that. never like bring it into work and save files you need on your home computer. Like you'll never use the thumb drive. Well, I do. Two, I use I two just, gigabyte thumb drives at work because I'm too cheap to go buy an eight. I think the eight. And I like bought I said, like a five times. It is I'm, used. I have three StarCraft ones. anthology okay. is on it. On this thumb drive comes StarCraft 1 and StarCraft Brood Wars, which, as I've noted earlier in the podcast, instead of playing again, I chose to watch a video of. So I will not be using this thumb drive for that particular purpose until maybe many years in the future. Um, I guess it's easier than downloading the files to install the games off Battle.net, for what that is. That took me like six hours. For the first couple the client games? is so slow. For the first? Oh, for StarCraft 2. But no, StarCraft One. Oh, really? Their client is terrible. Hmm. I didn't have that but issue. It's, okay, it's been a while. I, know, I, I get that the point of collectors extras. I'm not done with my list. Like Let me finish my you, list. Well, you stop for a breath. Well, yeah. Or it's supposed to be pretty, and you're supposed to pet them and not actually use them. But I thought that them putting only two gigabyte thumb drive in there for what they charge. That's how like big StarCraft Anthology is. But no, it's right. They should have given you a, a you know an eight gig drive. Okay, I'd rather have an empty eight gig drive that I would use than the, than having StarCraft on here, which I can just download from Blizzard's site. Yeah. There's right. no appeal to me. I would, use it. I would, I would bring in. I'm lame enough to bring in a Jim Rayner thumb drive to work and like you know let people see me holding it's it. But like, be, I want to be able to use it. This is a this is actually a really big. It's made out of metal. It's pretty weighty. It's not it's not supposed to be too. Imagine it as like a fancy piece of like jewelry or just like something you would buy from the Final Fantasy store. Or yeah, yeah. I said I'm cool with that. It just seems like if you're going to give a thumb drive, you know, put a couple extra. No, no, no. no, no. It, it's a fancy piece of jewelry that actually happens to have a dual functionality: it's a thumb drive and Starcraft's inside. Just, that's all you need oh. to think of. It's a bonus. The, the, the thumb drive is a bonus to the design of the of the, the actual. Thing. It's a shiny. It's not supposed to be used. It's useful if you don't have StarCraft. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a thumb drive, I guess. So if you didn't play StarCraft 1 or 2, and you bought the collector's edition of StarCraft 2, it's good. Oh, you lost your CD key a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, okay. So that also has a behind-the-scenes DVD of Wings of Liberty. I like the behind-the-scenes DVDs for pretty much any game. Um, so I Yeah, it has all that. of the CG movies on there, too, right? Uh, yeah, it does, but... You know, I'll end up watching those on YouTube more likely. But it has the soundtrack from the game, which that's a $10 value. You can pick that up on uh, iTunes if you'd like to right now. And it has comic issue number one of the StarCraft, or number zero, I'm sorry, of the StarCraft comic. I have no idea of its quality yet. I haven't read it. 
How does it compare to the comic that came with Prism the Dark? Prism the Dark what? Prism the Dark Unicorn. I don't know. Oh, it's a classic PlayStation Two game. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Is that the one they were getting out the comic book at E three for a couple of years Probably. back? Actually, I, I, I sadly I do remember that comic. <laughs> See, All right. now you know what I'm talking about. I do, I do know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, so, and then the the PS de Resistance, the StarCraft II art book, which is actually really nice. This is on the order of quality of uh, the Guild Wars II art book that you may have seen floating around that they've been giving out as as contests or at E3 a couple of years ago. Um, this thing's beautiful. The artwork's fantastic. The page quality is nice, and uh, a good collection of images from all three races. So, if you appreciate the artwork at all and want to see some of the source material, um, including like stuff from the original game, it looks like um, this is a, is a good collection for you. And you get to see lots of uh, new Kerrigan in there. So, Chris, if you don't like her, that's no good. Yes, Anna. You are not supposed to gargle your R's. You're supposed to roll them. Yeah, I don't know how to roll R's. Yes, but... Gargling. <laughs> you, when you say R, it makes me think that you're, like, swishing scope in your mouth, because you're like... Yeah, I only, I, I only know how to roll in the back of my throat. Sorry. You don't know how to roll an R on the front of your mouth? Nope. God. Never been okay. able to learn it. Many people have tried yeah. to teach me. Uh, Wait, what, what is this a reference to? What did he say wrong? Yes, the resistance. I said resistance, which is uh, more of a. I don't actually know if it's from any Earth language. Um, it's, no. Maybe uh, Russian. <laughs> but it's no. my attempt at rolling an R, and that's all I can do. It's so guttural, it almost sounds German. That's all I can do. That's all I got for StarCraft II bonus materials, so that is a collector's edition. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, I liked I liked what I got for my money, um, and it's always fun to get a collector's edition, especially of a game you like, and mm-hmm. there you go. And, oh, and Chris, don't worry about that. I mean, a lot of the staff members have the game. I have the game. Glenn has the game. Phil has the game. If anything, we can easily just go uh, me and Glenn or me and Phil versus just we'll team up. We'll all learn the game together. It'll be fun. Yeah, Good time I mean, I wasn't going life. to pre-order StarCraft II until uh... – Manny and Phil, and I think you too, Chris, told me you all were getting it early, because uh, I, I just didn't care, but I like playing multiplayer with people I know, not Battle.net strangers, so. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, I'm we're not gonna, this. we're not gonna beat, we're not gonna gang up on anybody just for the sake of ganging up on you, you know. We'll, well all together. Well, maybe, maybe. Play Glenn. some games, because, uh, <laughs> I've heard that <laughs> before like and that. been ganged up on rightfully so. Yeah, we're uh, going to gang up on Glenn, but that's right. just because he set himself up as the god of StarCraft. He does Max. nothing but brag about how much better he is than everybody, so of course we're going to gang no, up I on him. I waited until I played with Max and played with Manny before I started bragging. Wait, no, I didn't. But that confirmed it. Yeah, uh, yeah, you did not wait, but uh, there you go. So I think that's enough. Um, we've wasted everyone's time enough. Please uh, leave us feedback for the show. Like I said, podcast at rpgamer.com. Go to the message board, board at rpgamer.com. You can find the link to the show um, if you go to rpgamer.com slash rpgamer.com. Cast. At the top, hit the discuss link. It'll take you right to the thread for the show. And um, leave us your feedback. We love to hear from you. Um, and I think that's it for this week, right, everybody? There's no, like, deals to put out? Um, EO3. What? Pre-order EO3. Oh, it's point-and-click week on Gamerscape. Oh, my gosh. So if you haven't... <laughs> the, for RPGs, are there any RPG deals we can put out? 
What? No. No. EverQuest. This. There was like a day. There was a. The problem is, is that a lot of times RPGs go on sale. It's like one day only. Like there was a Square Enix sale earlier this week. Right. Well, right now, day. speaking of Square Enix, you can get Just Cause Two for twenty five bucks on Steam, but that also is not an RPG. So I really don't know what to tell you guys. I'm sorry. Nah. Worms is coming back. Yeah, Dang, Worms is coming back. Do Worms ever leave? Yeah. There's no up- upcoming games there. next week, so really, everyone, if you haven't picked up StarCraft 2, at least consider it. The um, people who got a collector's edition have two little free cards for 14-day trials. Beg them for the code, and you can try it out. And that see came if you in like the it. standard edition, too. Oh, friend. okay, so everyone who has them, then. There you go. Hey, Chris, also, the standard edition came with a Jim Rayner Wanted Dead or Alive poster notepad that the collector's <laughs> edition did not have. And so, it's already and sold on send- eBay as a rare item. <laughs> so, uh, Glenn, when are you going to send me that? I'm going to send you the notepad. You sent oh, me 30 bucks. It's a rare collector's Here's item. a sale. The Guild 2 is on sale in both Steam and Impulse. So, Is that an RPG? It says it is. Yeah. yeah kind of. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I, I'm going by what it categorizes. categorizes if even it Kiro doesn't call it an RPG, I'm not That's not, not sure. a good sign, is it? It's, it's not... Um, it's it's the like, shining uh, successor of the ultra successful medieval life sim Europe 1400. The yeah, guild it's more to- like black and white than anything. Wasn't there another 1400 game that people were telling me about on this show before? 1401. Uh, I know 1401. So wouldn't that be the follow up to 1400? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Apparently 1403 not. 1403 was. What? Are you serious? I'm serious. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> Uh, uh, Anno's not on. Uh, All right, I think we're done, everyone. Uh, thanks, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 All right. Bye. See you. Find us on Battle.net. Bye. 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 Oh my God. No, Morgan is actually like one of the greatest heroines in video game history. No. What do you mean, Morgan? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would take Lara Croft before that, and I hate Lara Croft. No, no, no. Morgan is a great character. She is like, you go to any StarCraft and you say Morgan, Wait. they know what you're talking about. You mean Kerrigan? You mean Kerrigan? <laughs> <laughs> Morrigan is a weird way of pronouncing a character in Dragon Age. Morrigan is a fighter from uh, Deathstalkers, I believe. I oh, yeah, that's also, good too. Yeah, she's the vampire. Yeah, Michael likes Morrigan. Yeah, and uh, the other, her sister. Kerrigan. I'd say Kerrigan is one of my favorite video game villains of all time. I like Kerrigan. <laughs> and then they did I it thought again. it was a really, as much as Eris, for all you JRPG fans, love it, I thought the, uh, the scene where Kerrigan becomes Zerg was a great scene in Star Trek. She's the original <laughs> Arthas. Oh, spoilers, spoilers. What? She's well, Zerg? That's a spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's like four missions into the Terran campaign. Right, that's all. Yeah, but I mean, what's the first into of, of the three StarCraft games that are out? Wait, is there that statue of limitations now that the new game came out 12 years after the original? The statue of limitations over? I say Eris died and you're cool with it, but, you know. We made our spoiler Aragon button Zerg. is Eris being stabbed in the back on the message boards. <laughs> All right? That one we've dealt with. <laughs> <laughs>